This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studios in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit www.shoptalkpod.com. Styles will change, they say change is danger. Errors as a king standing on the terrace, while his partner pointing up at the rightful man. Coward shooter never know when your life will end then. Live like there ain't no motto, and if one come, then this the motto. Now put message in motto. You go to the nearest beach and open your condo and walk to the place where the sea meets the land. Yeah, it's easier to run the street than walk in the sand. Hey, I'm talking, young man, as if chalking my hand. Mike check, Mike check. Hey man, you uh, what they uh, they was talking about in the group thing? Oh, I got a couple. Um, niggas was hitting me on the gram. <laughs> The only shit that came through in the group <clears throat> was uh, the one homie asking how we feel about Kevin Hart's apology tour. Man, uh, I like Kevin Hart, dog. I don't like how I don't, we kind of turned on Kevin Hart shit. Like, why Kevin Hart like the... I don't know. So we can... Because cause I, I like where you at... Because I feel like we've been doing that to a lot of people. We always turn on our people, though. But I don't get why we do it. <laughs> like, like, why? Like, niggas be, like, I get it. All right, some niggas have personal, pro- like, I he cheated on a baby mom. Cool. But that's they family, bro. Like, so all the shit that he didn't have in his career, mm-hmm. that nigga always handled that shit Beautifully. Beautifully. Off the he a Kwame level talker, nigga. <laughs> like when he did the Breakfast Club interview after the cheating shit. Yeah, bro, he controlled that interview so fucking well. Like I, I, I remember Niggas watching like, that. Like, like, yeah, damn. Maybe he ain't, Maybe that nigga didn't cheat. You. And he was a sexual assault victim. <laughs> that nigga ain't cheating. That nigga. <laughs> I was like, yo, call the feds on these hoes, man. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. I like how he handled with stuff, man. And I yeah. like he always he he always confront everything head on. He don't yeah. be running from the shit. And the nigga just seemed like genuinely a nice guy. Hey, the nigga got another number one. And I like this fucking hey, that movie. movie dog. Is great, bro. I, that movie shocked me. Fam, I went online and started reading reviews. Bro, critics gave that shit a thirty percent. Nigga, fans gave it four and a half out of five stars. That's the difference. I don't know what the fuck critics was on. Fans seen it and was like, what? Nigga, I was happy. I and was I'm, smiling. Bro, like, that was a good-ass movie, dog. <laughs> like, that was a good-ass movie. And it I'm, was. I, I felt from the preview a few months ago that it was going to be good, but I was like, it could also disappoint. Yeah. I don't know this Kevin Hart. Yeah, that shit, wow. That we, shit was good. We, we recording, too, man. <laughs> hey, in fact. man. What, 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 <laughs> what's crazy? I guess it's a British remake of a movie called, like... I didn't know it was a true Instandable story. Or, or yeah. in in. Some shit, it's, it's like, it was a play on Intangibles. Okay. So it was like, a, you know, whatever the name of the movie was, yeah. but it was like a play on that. But like. Yeah. Uh, nigga, I enjoyed the fuck out of that movie. <sighs> so. I, I thought it was good. I, and then this is the funny part, because my mom, you know, my parents go see movies as often as I do. Yeah. And uh, my mom's very big on reviews. So if critics give some shit a bad rating, unless it's somebody she really fuck with. Kim don't be that excited, bro. And mm. I text her after I seen the movie, like, yo, fuck the critics. Go see this movie. Like, I was in that bitch cracking up, dog. It's not even, it's not a comedy. Yeah. But was I was a in that feel bitch. good movie, nigga. Facts. 
feel fucking good, man. So, like yeah. I don't know what niggas is on, but we we be turning on Kevin Hart. We didn't turn on Tiffany Haddish. We didn't. And granted, we <laughs> I may never. Hey, I may have never turned her hey, on. Hey, but look, but look, me <laughs> but and you facts. sat up here. I like her as a person, and and that's what I remember her very first interview when she took nigga. I was damn near crying when she yeah. was talking about her story, and then. Granted, me and you sat up here and critiqued that because I hate the roles they got her in. Yeah. I'm gonna always hate that type of role. You think we just don't like people? I don't think black people like people. Like, like we only like so. Wow, we like me. who we like till we. I come think along. we only value our own opinions. Mm. And anybody who thinks differently, we don't like them. We don't like their opinion. And it's it's because you want that shit to be yours. Yeah. So like, you be seeing niggas like. So you know it's always LeBron, mm-hmm. it's always Kobe, and they're like, well, yeah. and it's Beyonce yeah. and shit. Right? Yeah. They be like, I don't. It's not that I don't like Beyonce. I don't like Beyonce fans. Yeah, that's I hate LeBron fans. It so be the it. it be the people's yeah. opinion that like why we that makes you have discourse against a person. Yeah, but like yeah. why we be so invested in everybody else life? Because we don't got shit to do. Like, social media, bro. I put all this shit on social media, nigga. I didn't said a million times. It's certain people who we hold in the highest regard yeah. that would not have survived if social media existed. Michael Jackson wouldn't have got through them cases. Yeah. Period. He wouldn't have got through it. Kobe wouldn't have got through that rape shit. Jordan wouldn't have got through his gambling shit with his dad getting killed by the mob. And all. Niggas would have ate all that up. Like Jordan niggas, definitely got suspended from the NBA. By yeah, the way. yeah. For that. For that. You got your pops killed. This nigga announced that he was retiring the day before training camp. Yeah. And then went and played for the fucking Birmingham Barons. And during that, he said, if David Stern to have me back. What? Yeah. Anyway. You retiring, that's, that's you that, need David Stern yeah. permission to come back? That's why I know what the fuck it means. Uh, but, um, nigga, you looking like Jordan today, nigga. You got your Jordan shit. <laughs> nigga threw the goatee on, disconnected the beard, got his hey, Jordan on, nigga. Hey, that's it's been working out for me, too. <laughs> My nigga Jay Johnson out here, <laughs> when he come back with the 4-5, it's not to play games with you. It's to aim at you. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, Let's man. This shit cracking. Yo, yo, yo. It's your favorites, man. We right back. Antwood, Jay Johnson, and welcome back to This Week in Culture, episode 28. Uh, I am your host, Antwood, a.k.a. Trinidad Ant, and I got my dog with me. Jay, what up? What up? What's poppin'? Uh, Jay Johnson, um, all that shit, dog. Yeah, man. Niggas ain't really... I'm tired as fuck, man. Bro, I'm tired of shit. I just ran from work, literally. I damn near forgot to get in my car. Just ran straight over to this bitch. <laughs> I'm about to say, what? Bro, nigga, <laughs> I fucking walked out to the parking lot, forgot I parked in the parking structure, Man. got out to the fucking parking structure, and then was just like, I don't know where my car's at. Fam, like, this building, it got four entrances. Facts. So, like, depend. I come in here different times of the day, mm-hmm. and, like, this whole joint, mm. it'd be, it be packed. It's hard to... During the day, yeah. But when I leave at night, like, I'd be forgetting where... Like, What's I don't know which on? door to go out. Yeah, on so some like, real dude, where's my car shit, bro? Every, that, that was me... Three times a week. Five minutes ago, bro. But fuck it, man. We here, man. Welcome back. Uh, thank you to all the listeners, all the, uh, all the new listeners. We got a lot of new listeners and uh, subscribers last week. Subscribe on Apple, subscribe on Google Play, uh, listen on whatever device you got. If you feel like you can't find us, go to shoptalkpod.com, search This Week in Culture, man. We are everywhere that you need to be uh, for you to listen to all this dope content we putting out. And shout out to everybody show Mad Love last Yo, week. Yo, last week was, 
I know y'all a little mad at us because we're a couple days late, you know what I'm saying, whatever, but fuck that. I was going to let last week cook a little bit more, um, and niggas had to go to the movies to go see this shit. Right. We got a review, so right. y'all going to get it when we got it. But uh, last week, y'all was fucking with your boys, dog. Thank you to everybody who reposted, everybody who listened, um, really just everybody who, who fucked with us last week, man. I feel like we did what I hoped we did or hoped we would do, and we handled that properly yeah we we didn't take something so potentially problematic and put ourselves or put our foot up our you know what i'm saying like we could have fucked up yeah we could have said something wrong and and whatever but i feel like from all the feedback we got we did a really great job last week man so thank you to everybody yeah. who fucked with us man that had I, I, that birthed a bunch of different conversations with yeah. uh with friends family and strangers who hit me up on the on the internet you know what i mean so, factual uh, um, speaking of that, man, just so we could put, you know, maybe a nice little pin on that R. Kelly conversation, man, we ain't gonna spend too much time on it, but one of the accusers, I just read this today, uh, Faith Rogers, she is on episode six. That was the one that had herpes. Yeah. Um, she held a press conference today with attorney Gloria Allred. Is that the girl that go, do, is that the one that always be with all the, um... Celebrities uh, are trying to sue everybody. So, Lisa Bloom oh, is that attorney. Okay. Gloria Allred is her mother. Same difference. Sam. Uh, she held a press <laughs> conference with Gloria Allred, and she claims that she has been threatened since her part of the uh, the docu series, and they will be suing R. Kelly. Did you hear the tape of her being threatened? No, well, it's a tape of her and her and R. Kelly having a conversation. Oh no, no, no! Over the phone. I, I really did to be a honey. I really did try to avoid R. Kelly over the last like four days. Listen, this is this is insensitive. Yeah, okay. I'm about to use the wrong word. Fuck it. But R. Kelly's a retard. <laughs> like he just not uh, that smart. Yeah. Like I like he got mental illness. I mean, hey. now now that's the serious yeah, part. Yeah, like yeah, he, he really yeah. does got mental illness. They said he don't get a pass read. for it. He he on the phone like yeah. when she was talking to him, he was like, "All right, you he's like you ready to come home now? Wow, you ready to come home back? Wow, you ready to come back and apologize? No, because you know you you got out there and you said some stuff you shouldn't have said and 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 she he, he like was on his Ike shit. He made it seem like it was her fault. God damn. And he was like, right. I know you went on like nah, you, you ready to come? He was like, I'm gonna be in Chicago. Nah. So you gonna you gonna you know you're gonna have he, he kinda alluded to it for like you you gotta make up for it. Like the yeah. boy ain't bright. Hey man, R uh R. Kelly, if you listening, get the fuck out of here, nigga. You are a goddamn fool. He you, pulling up at clubs. Hey man, shout out to the homie Tiana. Uh she had posted last week after we first uh put the pot up saying that, you know. She hopes he goes to prison behind all this shit. And I, I responded, he probably won't because he hasn't. You know what I'm saying? And he's been able to uh, meticulously escape getting sentenced to anything. Uh, shit, really getting charged with anything for the most part uh, since those porn charges got dismissed. And um, Tiana, whenever you listen, I feel like, yo, you might really be on to something. I think they drop info. They on this nigga's head, bro. Man, it was information in the sixth part that's a charge. Yeah. Old yeah. girl, the 17-year-old Ariel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They said on there that on the parents was like, we forgot that her iPhone was connected to my, to my iCloud. Yeah. So they backed up her messages or whatever, and they saw a text message that proved that that 
audition that they broke up yeah is that night they had sex that first night uh, she was 17 years old the okay. age of consent in florida is 18 wow that's 2015 hey that might be the one thing the state of florida got right you know what i'm saying so like if they really do have evidence via the iCloud or messages or whatever yeah i found old girl on twitter page the REO girl wow she re- so after that concert that night R. Kelly posted a video of the concert. Then she retweeted and said, R. Kelly gave me little black panties last night. Wow. She ain't tweeted since 2015, by the way. Yeah, because motherfucker don't want to implicate yeah. shit else. Damn. All right. Well, R, <laughs> uh, we going to see you in prison, my nigga. I know it's coming. And when it comes, I can't fucking wait. But uh, in the meantime, yeah, man, again, shout out to all y'all because y'all really fucked with us last week. I feel like last week we were... I don't know, like we did something good for black men too. You know what I'm saying? Like we put on for, for, for two educated, strongly opinionated black men. Um, Cause I was hearing a lot of bullshit and I was hearing a lot of redundant shit about that topic too, man. Like yeah. I didn't really like some of the conversations that were being had. Uh, I do want to throw this in there and then I'm off it. Black women support black women, yo. Like I, I saw a lot of black women in opposition of anybody against R, and it didn't really click to me, man. It didn't make sense. Like, and I think that you know some of our brothers cool. They, I mean, not cool, but expected. You know what I'm saying? We kind of get on some old testosterone driven dumb shit. But I saw a lot of women like, I don't get it. fuck y'all. I'm turning on TP2 right now, and I was like, damn, why you mad though? Like, how you mad? Women got assaulted. And like where the attitude? I don't know. I ain't understand it, bro. But yeah. fuck R. Kelly, uh, and we back and we off that. Um, got some other questions from listeners. When does the shy come back? And are you guys reviewing it? Uh, <laughs> probably a new listener because we've definitely said it on here. But I will throw it out again. Uh, we will be reviewing the shy. We can't wait for that motherfucker to come back. Uh, but actually, I looked up trying to find some dates online. I didn't see a thing. Um, when the shy premiered last year, it was at the end of January. Oh, was it? Yeah. So I'm hoping that, you know, sometime in like the end of this month, we start seeing maybe some marketing for it. I'm uh, trying can... to Google, right? Yeah. Like, oh, this is why that girl looks so familiar. Uh-oh. Yeah, I ran through some Googles. I could not find a thing. Mm. But uh, yeah, man, I have no idea when it's coming back, but you could best believe that uh, when the shy is back, me and Jay will be up here. I mean, getting it in. We got to. We ain't got no choice. I mean, our other joint gone. Hey, man. Love is. We always taking shots, man. Fuck Celine. Do, do, do. The apology tour. We kind of touched on that. We're going to get into Kevin Hart a little bit more during the review, but. Did you see uh, Kevin Hart on. Stephen Colbert the other night. I saw a clip, but the only like full interview of him I've seen is the Ellen. I didn't necessarily like Stephen Colbert's energy that night. I thought it was, was it little, off. Eh, he was a little. Uh, it wasn't. I didn't. I didn't. I don't. I never saw that coming from him. Where were you feeling? Well, he, he was, was like, kind of spicy. He you no. Know, he went through like like so. You was on Good Morning America. You did all this drink, and you said, "I'm not talking about it. I'm done talking about it. This is the last time I'm gonna talk about it." I don't. He read all that stuff. And then he was like, <laughs> and you're about to ask me a question. About yeah. It. But then he, he essentially was like, um, <laughs> he was like, can you be done with it if, like, the people not done with it? And he mm-hmm. was like, yeah. Yeah. I can be. 
Mm. He was like, well, how was that? He was like, well, like, well, I, I live my life a certain way. Uh, my, my career has been in front of the public. I'm an open book. Yeah. I got nothing, nothing to hide. Like, I live a very authentic life. I'm the same person on camera that I am off camera. So I think I built up enough cachet to say, when I say this is it, like I'm telling the truth mm. and like you should accept my truth because like I've given you all a good 13 years yeah. of this. So like if you don't believe me, like it's not my it's not my responsibility no more. Yeah. Like I, don't watch me if you don't. I mean, if like, you what, ain't fucking with me. Yeah. I, Man, Kevin Hart, I, I don't think he's anti-gay. I don't think he's like, come on. It's a lot, man. Again, I never had a Twitter but if you go through my Facebook long enough, you might find some statuses that weren't the greatest um, shit. You scroll down my gram far enough, you're going to find some posts that were fucking outlandish, but also hilarious. And them bitches had mad likes. Um, people say shit, you know what I'm saying? But people grow up, man. And I think uh, I was having this convo the other day regarding, uh, I guess now everybody hates Sin Santana, Joe Button's fiance. They pulled an interview she did a couple years ago, 2016, uh, on lip service, yeah. Angela Yee's pod. And I didn't listen to the clip, so I'm not going to go into it. I yeah. read a little transcript, but they mad. They like, yo, she canceled. We not fucking with her. Whoa, whoa, whoa. She hate black women and all that. And I was just like. And it, it stemmed from the term Afro-Latina. Mm. And, you know what I'm mm. saying? First time I've ever heard of the term was 2017, maybe. If it wasn't last year, yeah, I heard it was that. towards the end of, like, so she was like, I didn't know it was a thing. It yeah. wasn't even like, and she got online was playing like, like, yeah, they try to make it like, oh, only black, only black you like in you is Joe or some shit like that. Mm. Like you're not trying to claim your black side. Like nigga, I didn't know this was a real thing. I never heard of this. Shit. And I, I read her apology, man. And I'm just, I'm like, yo, like I'm white with you. I just heard Afro Latina. I heard that term from one of them girls on a uh, like Love and Hip Hop. Something the chick with the afro. Yeah. Like that's Dark when that chick, yeah. That was what was that last year? Or was yeah, that that was about twenty seventeen? Yeah, that's where it came that's up. That's literally when I first heard that. Um, yeah, but again, like, hey fam, look, you either African or you not? Facts, like Big that's facts. it. Big facts, like, like if you from Japan and you come over here, right? <laughs> like if you come from Japan, you come over here, and your family is over here, and like you got three generations, and y'all and they and y'all all still. Y'all from Japan, fam. You like, Japanese like a motherfucker. Like, just because you live here, that don't change your blood and your your nationality. Like, fam, I get it. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know, man. Black people, we be, I feel like we pick the wrong battles to put our, like, we, our our most energy behind. Like, we don't all, like, come on, y'all fighting Sin Santana. In general, like, if I, let me find out how I can be offended by this statement or, like, there's different levels of statements. Uh -huh. You can take a statement like, mm -hmm. can I technically be offended? Well, let me find the fence and I'm going to go that route. Yeah. Even though you know that wasn't what I was yeah. talking about. Yeah. But if, if, if it's possible for me to yeah. be offended by it on purpose, because yeah. I'm going to go online and I'm going to get some stuff started. And I've been hearing a lot of convos um, recently about cancel culture. And this whole cancel culture, I feel like that's a, a movement being led by black people. Because we quick to cancel somebody. And that ain't always a bad thing. But the trend that I'm noticing and that everybody we canceling is black. 
Just about. We be canceling the shit out some niggas, man. Man, Twitter is a is a is a is a is a big It's a powerful thing. place, bro. It's a powerful place. And Facts. It's, it's more than us canceling. Yeah. Put, like, it's it's I, more than us. Yeah. Canceling. Um I just I don't know. I feel like this generation, this era in general, we're quick soft, to cancel dude. a motherfucker. It's soft. Yeah, man. Like we ain't gotta don't cancel my whole thing is have dialogue with motherfuckers. Talk to motherfuckers. Give people a chance to apologize. Like we got people in our own personal lives who we done gave fifty million chances to and they keep doing the same shit. Nigga, a celebrity said some shit one time back in 03. And you like, oh my God, nigga, throw the whole we burning jerseys and shit. Like, damn. I know I say some ultra insensitive, nah. racist, nah. whatever, whatever ism every every yeah. every day. Daily, man. Week. Like we and that's my thing. Everybody does. Y'all niggas is offending me by canceling motherfuckers. So I'm off y'all, nigga. I, I just canceled everybody. But thank y'all for listening though. Uh like so <laughs> look, this is the one thing I don't like, right? What's that? Uh this is interesting is that um, we want approval from our oppressors so much. Mm. Like every time something happened, it's like, but if they was white. Yeah. R. Kelly do something, but they ain't do nothing to the white man. Yeah. But like, who is they? First of all. And like, like so last night, uh, 45. Yep. That nigga, that nigga, <laughs> that nigga, there, boy. So, you know, 45, he uh, had Clemson <laughs> in the White House. And he had like a thousand hamburgers and some pizza. And now the nigga had 300 burgers. And many, many fries. Yeah. That nigga said. said verbally on tape last night, I ordered 300 hamburgers. Today on Twitter, <laughs> that nigga said, I ordered 1,000 hamburgers. <laughs> hamburgers. Spelled the shit out of that motherfucker word, boy. So the, the, the issue is like, so we, it's been a nonstop jokes on him. All day. All day. All day. All last night, all day. Then Killing I, that nigga. Then I see somebody tweet like, but had that been um, uh, Obama, they'd be dragging him. I'm like, fam, ain't we currently like <laughs> we dragging the fuck out this nigga? Like, what? Who is? The, who do you want to like? Yeah. Who are you looking for approval for? Yeah, because that nigga's getting dragged. Um, like if you think there's a certain population that's a that's that disapproves of you and and or your lifestyle, yeah. why are you looking for approval from them? Yeah. Who exactly? So let's just whatever your protected community is. Mm-hmm. It could be black, it could be white, it could be tall people, it could be um, curvy people, it could yeah. be whatever it is. Like stop looking from for acceptance from the people who've hurting you. Yeah. Um, the the whole shit with forty five and and Clemson last night it was a joke. Like that was that was a fucking joke. Fam, we gonna get invaded. Dude. Here's my th- <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> like they're doing the plans right now. Yo. Hey, you like, hey, hey, <laughs> them niggas had White Castles, uh, McDonald's, Yo, and Wendy's in there. Like, first we gonna of get all, inv- they no one respects this, man. I'm offended that that nigga didn't have no Popeyes in that bitch. He talking about an American staple. Then he had the the he had like fifteen uh, chicken nuggets and one sauce. Hey. Like, fam, fam. <laughs> You better start rationing out nah. this. Yo, imagine being a fucking national champion of <laughs> NCAA football. You just blew out the best team of the 21st century in Alabama. They do this that quick? And then. <laughs> do they usually it, come to the to the It usually be a quick? couple weeks. 
It usually be a couple that weeks. That was like last week. The the pros usually take longer because they got more shit to do. Pros usually about three weeks to a month. But uh, college is usually about a couple weeks. It's but like last uh, Monday, right? Yep. yep. So, yeah, we can have – or a week to the day, excuse me. Um, but imagine being a national champion in football <laughs> and the president <laughs> says, I'm going to reward you with a four for four. Oh, That's some litty shit. Yo, shout out to that nigga 45 for being a real white nigga. Because right. um, that's some nigga shit. He no, did. Some, uh, you might be a red nigga. Yeah, no, that's some white nigga shit. Yeah. That's, um, that's all What's pure white name? Nigga. Jeff Foxworthy. Jeff Foxworthy, yeah. yeah. You might be a redneck if, bro. That nigga bought them niggas Big Macs and filet fish Do you remember if he started that? Jeff Foxworthy? Because, like, you remember it. Like, I remember the little country you know, you know, whatever. But, you know, you know you get a win. Mm-hmm. That was a thing. Yeah, Like, yeah. I don't remember who came first, though. Was it, I know you get a win, or you might be a redneck if. Because it, it was around the same time Jeff Foxworthy. I feel like it might have been Jeff Foxworthy, though, because he was running with that shit a long time before he had, before they tour and then yeah. he got a show and all that shit. Because, like, I remember the comedian on Def Jam that did that. You, Doing you that, might, you might be ghetto. I mean, it could have been us. You know what? Fuck that. It's it's you know, it us, it was know. us, nigga. You we invent shit. You know what I'm saying? You know you get a win. We invented math. We invented the hieroglyphics, nigga. You know what I'm saying? Fuck <laughs> that. <laughs> And we have any jokes, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck ass niggas. Um, yeah, forty five. You a clown, but <laughs> I wanted some nuggets, nigga. I'm I'm a nugget ass nigga, so I, ain't I, 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 I don't want them from that nigga. But uh, no, nah, man, hold up. Then okay, this kind of ties in a little bit to what we was talking about uh, before we got started. Are you all gonna speak on Tiffany Haddish? I know it's old, her New Year's thing, but I'm curious about you guys' take. Um, we kind of threw it out there. I don't remember if we had the mics on or not uh, after New Year's, but Tiffany Haddish got booed off stage, forgot her set. They said she might have been a little drunk, a little high. Um, we threw it out there. Cat Williams was a little right. You know what I'm saying? He right, was so little... look, this now that I've had time to reflect. Okay, this is how I feel about it. I don't want to bask in anybody's misfortune. Facts. You know what I mean? Facts. Whether I think you're the, the greatest stand-up comedian Man. or whatever, like, that's a very humbling experience. Hell yeah. And that like, shit is hard. For you being, hey, I knew I was right. Look at yeah. ah, everybody. She not funny. Yeah. Like, I don't want to bask in. I don't want to bask in that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm, I'm not a giant it's fan of her, yeah. of her stand-up. But, you know, that's a tough thing to, 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 hey, to deal with. I will say this, man. There's not one comedian, Cat Williams included, who has not been booed off a stage, who has not fucked up a set, who has not. I sat and watched my favorite stand-up comedian of all time, Chris Rock, come to Detroit a year and a half, two years ago and say, yo, this is only my third time running this set. So I'm still working it out. I just want to let y'all know before Deja we get Bell into got these jokes. Here. Yeah, nigga. And I went to the show right after that one the yeah. next day and he killed. Yeah. But, you know. And it's funny because the stand up that ended up on Netflix for Chris Rock, I felt, damn, he did better in Detroit when he said he was still trying to work it out than he did on the one that ended up being filmed and put out there. Oh, that I was, remember that one. Yeah, because yeah. niggas wasn't really was like fucking with it. like a Sunday or something? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, yo, like, I fucked with the one that you said you wasn't even really feeling yet, and you were still trying to figure it out. So all that said, man, stand-up comedy is hard as fuck. Anybody that does that for a living, kudos to you, especially if you do it successfully. But at some point in your career, you're probably going to get booed. You're not going to be the biggest 
comedian in every city you go to. Niggas be hitting me like, yo, Kevin Hart show wasn't funny. But you just paid that ticket and left the fucking uh, Little Caesars Arena to see that nigga. And he filled that bitch up 30 right. nights in a row. All right, man. man, let's talk about this Kevin Hart shit, right? Let's get into it, bro. Uh, so hold up, because I, I realize I ain't say this. This Week in Culture, we review The Upside, starring Kevin Hart and Brian Cranston. Uh, y'all know Kevin Hart and Brian Cranston was uh, Walt White. Yeah, Walter, my nigga. Which is probably the most despicable. Somebody had made an argument where yeah. he is the worst... Um, he was like the One worst, of the worst character, worst and, villain, yeah. like of, of period, yeah, of all TV. I could, that nigga Walt White was dangerous, bro. and I was like, really? And he tried to breaking it down. I could see it. Tried to kill a kid. I could see it. Like it was a whole that nigga. I was like, Heesh. beginning to end, top to bottom. That nigga Walt White was yeah. different, man. Uh, so, so, shout out to Breaking Bad. But anyway, so we kind of talked about it before we was we was technically talking, whatever. Yeah. But like, uh. What's up with all the Kevin Hart hate? People do not like Kevin. So here's you can't what, be good. Here's what I noticed, bro. And and I kind of I I hate it because it's true. People love Soul Plane, Kevin Hart. Soul Plane, one of the worst rated films of all time. Uh, one of the lowest paying or earning films of all time compared to the budget. Yeah. Um, widely known, even you know. In some black households, as one of the worst films ever made. Period. Um, now, a lot of black folks like it, think it's funny. They could watch it. It's the most bootleg movie yeah. of all. It's time. also one of the most bootleg. Everybody movies. saw yeah. it. Everybody's seen Soul Plane. Um, Everybody was in Soul Plane, and niggas love Soul Plane. Niggas love it. Maybe not the white people. Maybe not the critics, but niggas love it. Um, Paper Soldiers. Paper Soldiers, another one. Super highly bootleg, straight to video joint. For, okay, first movie, shout out to Dame Dash. Shout out to The Rock, man. Um, people love that Kevin Hart. It was like, oh, he was raw, he was this, he was that. Uh, grown Little Man. Grown Little Man, hilarious. Um, what was the one after that when he was in Cleveland with Shaq? The uh, most, his most popular. Seriously one. funny. Seriously funny. That's my personal favorite stand up of yeah. his. Um, and then it seems like after Seriously Funny, his career trajectory started taking off. He was going in a different direction. He was turning into a global icon, which he currently is. The man is killing it. And I know that a, pe a lot of folks ain't fans of maybe the movies. I ain't been a fan of most of his films. I don't got. I don't like Richard Pryor movies. Hey, other than um, Harlem Nights. Problem nights, definitely. I mean, like, I mean, that's, so let me that's rephrase that because I don't. It's not that I dislike his movie, yeah. but like, Nick, them not the every movie he was in is was not, not the, the greatest shit. Come you know on, what I'm man, saying? Eddie Murphy, <laughs> he got plenty of bombs yeah, that niggas so. ain't rock with. Um, so all that to say, yo, Kevin Hart is just out here doing him. Yeah, he might have put together a string of movies where he wasn't really at his funniest, and maybe niggas wasn't really feeling his last couple standups. Or but, the movie wasn't for you. That's also a fact because I know like, plenty of people who come out these. The nigga got the number one film every time he comes out. Like fam, like the Jumanji movie ain't for your thirty year old self. Hey, Jumanji was good as fuck. Fuck niggas. Anybody don't like Jumanji, come scribe. I'm talking about the you seen the digital one. They was like different avatars. The and, new one, yeah, yeah. I never. I fucked with it. that shit. Oh, I, I fucked with it, and I, I fucked with it because my pops loves Kevin Hart. So I'm gonna go to every Kevin Hart movie, gotcha. even if I don't necessarily. But they see recording it. a part two of it, so I guess it did. Oh, good. the shit, man! Because that Kevin Hart and the Rock, them niggas is gonna make money. They had another movie a couple years ago that I thought was stupid as fuck. I watched it. Uh, Central Intelligence. Yeah, I watched. It. Wasn't really a great movie. 
It was okay. I mean, it was entertaining. You'll throw it on as like it's a good background movie. Yeah. But was I like, oh, he about to get a uh, funniest performance Oscar? No, no, it was just it so was. This, right. this is what I think be happening, dog. And this is a part of that point where you want your opposition to give you approval. Okay, like when we got somebody mm-hmm. that we loved from mm-hmm. our, you ain't shit to the white folks like you. Mm. And then once the white folks start liking you and you turn and you actually start expanding yeah. and then it's like, well, he didn't, he blew up. He don't mess with us no more. Or like, mm. it's like once you get to, oh, you went to Hollywood, it's too commercial, it's too this. Well, you wouldn't give the man his respect until he did that. Yeah, like, shit. you don't, you know, you won't ever let him just be cool. Every time, you know what, you know, you know what was probably Mike Epps biggest issue. Hmm. Every time. He get into an interview. Somebody asks him why you ain't as big and how do you get bigger? Essentially, yeah, yeah, yeah. how do you make your like, like your career ain't shit? Like, fam, I'm having I'm I'm doing I'm having a great fucking time. I got great specials. I do great mo- great movies. I got a lot of money, but you want me to be on their screen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I will get irritated from, from that from time to time. Like, fam, I'm doing great. But we want you to have a certain level of success. And then once you get there, we don't like you no more. And so kind of to that point, do you feel like there's. We overvalue being a hood favorite. I feel and I because that's how I feel. I feel like the whole notion of. I mean, Hove said it. Yo, nigga, the, the goal might, is to get out this motherfucker. Like, I might I might say we undervalue it. Being a hood favorite? Yeah. Because you, you think that's not good enough. Mm. Well, see, okay, okay, so now we talking because we might be a fucking uh, a dichotomy and we we playing both sides. Because like, we, we are popular music. Yeah. We are popular culture. We feel like it's not good enough. Like, oh, you need to be bigger. You need to be bigger. You need the white folks need to fuck with you. And then when the white folks fuck with you, that's when we begin to overvalue it. Because now it's like, oh, you didn't turn your back on us, nigga. So let me. So. So what we always what we what they say is, when are you gonna cross over mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. from Need a, a per, crossover hit. from a prom, pr- predominantly black audience yeah. to a multicultural audience? Mm-hmm. When are you gonna cross over global icon? Right. So and usually or typically what we had to do in the past is in order for you to cross over. You have to make a movie with a white star uh-huh. or something of that nature. Or if it's music, you got to change your sound yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. But now the. Hip hop culture, aka black yeah. culture, because they just use that yeah. as a word. That is pop culture. It's pop culture. Facts. Now you don't got to cross over. Mm-hmm. Travis Scott is at the Super Bowl mm-hmm. doing regular Travis Scott music. Yeah. Like you don't have to make these songs. Fam, we've always had it. Yeah. We've always yeah. pushed the culture. So stop making people who are who look like you, yeah, who do content that you like. And they do it in your community and make a good living off of it. Stop trying to treat them like they haven't. That's not successful. Yeah. You want them to be. No, I want you to get. I need you to have admiration with the multicultural side. Yeah. Because you need that as your validation. Like, again, why do you want to be validated, validated by your oppressors? If you think those are your oppressors. What fucks me up is we want niggas to. Be big enough to get out the hood. Once they get out the hood, we chastise them for not coming back to the hood or staying in the hood or whatever. But then if niggas do stay in the hood, you don't. We, why, why you still in the hood? Why you still in the hood? And we'll, niggas still get robbed in the hood. The most successful nigga, T Grizzly being over in the hood, about to get fucking robbed on Joy Road and shit. Like, sometimes, like, yo, when you got the opportunity to get the fuck out, 
get the fuck out. That don't mean you can't give back. That don't mean you can't go back and see your people and try to pull your people out. But nigga, if the goal is to get out, if the goal is to break generational curses and break generational debt and break, then nigga, let us be successful on a global level without judging us and saying that we didn't turn to our back and not niggas is Uncle Tom's and shit. How about this? On a measurable level, mm-hmm. I'm choosing my words wisely and carefully. Okay. On a measurable level, Kevin Hart is the greatest comedian of all time. On a measurable level, yes. Like for for no 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 that I, I, can, I, I numbers can, numbers movies movies ticket sales for ticket sales, for the stand ups and all that shit seats butts and seats yeah. like no yeah. one has done what he's what doing. I have done ever white black ever period ever. Fam, I sold out a football arena. Yeah. A football stadium. Yeah. That don't happen. Yeah. Every time I drop a special. The Eagles don't sell out. Every time I drop a special, it comes out in the movies. Yeah. Like, that's a big thing when Martin had a movie come out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, in the theaters. Like, usually you got to get your little one-hour HBO special. So, that used to be the bar. The one-hour HBO special used to be the bar. Yeah. And where the game got changed, for us specifically, was Kings of Comedy. But that was four greats coming together and doing that. Kevin Hart is one dude. And this one dude can hit every single state in this country and a billion other places overseas yeah. and can sell out any place he stands in, bro. That's just a fact. The reason I brought that up is yeah. Kevin Hart's not my my favorite comedian of all time or mm. anything like that. Not and at I, all. And I, I said that on a measurable level, but like, yeah. don't wait. So it's too late yeah. to give somebody they flowers while they why here. they still here. And then like, fam. Yeah. This is black history. That's a fucking fact. This is literal black history. That's a fact. Not like just something to say. Like, yeah. When you look in your, your textbooks or whatever, you think about the great yeah. whatever eras. Or you, you, you go to the, uh, the, the, the Chicago jazz players and, and Harlem Renaissance. and everything. Yeah. Like you can point to. Errors and be like, oh, this particular person hit these marks. This is literally history. Yeah, a few years ago, had you said, had you brought up the measurable point, I would have argued Eddie Murphy only because of the difference in ticket, like basically the cost of a dollar yeah. at that point. Um, because Eddie Murphy was selling out the garden and doing all this shit, but in back then, you know what I'm saying. So what he done or what he did back then calculated for today's, but, but era, I do it. Every year, yeah, now. but not, and that's what that that's my point. Like now, it's regular for Kevin Hart. Like now, like you said, now you're just doing dumb shit, just see if he could do it. Like, oh, let me go see about this football stadium. Wow, I'm doing what the Eagles can't do. I just put a billion people in this bitch two nights in a row. Yeah. Damn, and damn, and I'm doing this shit as an owner. Yeah, heartbeat production. I'm the Floyd like Mayweather of comedy. That is a fact. I am 100% the Floyd Mayweather of comedy. And it's it's kind of dope, too. Um, and I put you, all my people on. When you, because we watch a lot of interviews and, you know, yeah. niggas sit down and speak. And you can go back to sort of the beginning of Breakfast Club around 2010, 2011. Some of them earlier Kevin Hart movies before he became this big. Yeah. Um, he was big, but the nigga wasn't this. And to listen to him speak about heartbeat productions then and his goal for it was every single thing i do every movie i have every movie i'm in no matter what it's coming through heartbeat productions it's not coming i'm not in it i'm not a part of it my people ain't a part of it if it's not through heartbeat productions and i remember when he said that i'm like damn but what about when 
They want you to do a Jumanji or some shit like that. But look at every fucking you credit that, that he's in through my company. Yep, and I own this. Yep. So I'm I get I'm paying yep. I'm getting the lion's share yep. of this. I'm just going through my production company. It's, and back then, yeah, he explained what he planned to do with his movies. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna keep this lighthearted. I'm gonna keep little rose here, yep. little rose there, splash splash splash, and then boom, try my hand at a little serious role. Yep. And that's where we at right now. And I love listening to uh, old interviews with him when he would talk about like pilots he had that weren't successful. Um, even talking about it's funny uh, talking about the whole thing with Cat. You know, Cat basically being in position to be him right now. Back when Soul Plane and all that was out, and he was bombing, and he was like, Cat was turning down shit, and I was having to pick that up just to keep the fucking lights on. But he's like, That's what kept me afloat because Cat was so big, he ain't had time to do half the shit that was coming to his doorway. Yeah. And he's like, Nigga, when Cat turned it down, I jumped on it. And he was like, Nigga, that got me where I'm at because I stayed in people's faces yeah. during a time where nobody wanted me. I just bombed with the worst movie ever. Man, I randomly found uh his TV show he had on ABC. Yep. It was like six episodes. Yep. Yep. I randomly found it on YouTube. I don't know how yep. I came across it. It's a pretty good show. Yeah. I mean we know how that go. Uh, major network television man. A did pilot. he ever come on TV though? Uh I think his pilot premiered and then I think that's the one. Was that the one with Faison Love? Yeah. Yeah. So what they did with that, the pilot premiered. Um, okay, ratings. They had already filmed the six. Yeah. Uh, but he said they flew them out to the pilot party. And then he was like, at the end of the party, they told that nigga. I remember this was on Breakfast Club. He said at the end of the party, they told that nigga, yeah, the network didn't pick that up. So God bless you. Uh, you got to get your people home. And that nigga wow. was like, they flew them out to L.A., and didn't send them back home. Wow. And he said, I had to send all these niggas back home. It wasn't a bad show. It wasn't at all. The, but we know how that go. The the episodes two through six were better than the first one. Yeah. But the first one is always, I need to explain who all these people are, what yeah. the backstory is, whatever. It's very difficult. And to it was like 2004 yep. or something like that. So it was like, would that show work in 2019? Probably not. Yeah. But in 2000, like, no, the, I, listen, I'd spent... Six episodes worth of time. So I think that's where I will always fuck with Kevin Hart, even when I don't think. Because I'm I'm on record saying that I hate the way that he portrays himself in a lot of his roles Mm -hmm. when he's in a film. Like he, and it's not his fault. I get it. He's the most successful comedian ever uh, and one of the most famous people on the planet right now. One of the biggest box office draws. So a lot of people, when they write a script with Kevin Hart in it, they overuse him because it's like, Fam is Kevin Hart, yeah. so he needs a line every two minutes, and it's like, fam, sometimes yeah. let him play the back. But what I love about Kevin Hart, he's a story of fucking perseverance, dog. That nigga's career failed 50 times, nigga, and now look at him. Like, just keep doing what you're doing, You watch his recent Breakfast Club interview? Uh, No, I wanted to get around to it before we recorded today, but I just didn't have time. And he, he, he kind of explained... He was like, listen, you don't got to like everything I'm in. Yeah. Like, in real life, yeah. you don't got to like it. But you just need to know that I'm doing it for a purpose. Mm. Like, I got a very specific plan. I told y'all a long time ago what I was going to do. Yeah. You see it coming through. Like, I am trying to get to the position where I am the major network. I am the major studio. So, Heartbeat Productions is, is getting bigger and bigger. But I am going to get there. And when I when I turn around and I get, when I look back... Yeah, I'll be able to put on everybody then. 
Mm. I'm bringing people up with me now. It's a process. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I just like, saw what it's do you okay to day? be used. Yeah. Just don't misuse me. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And I, I don't have a problem being used. Just don't misuse me. And I'm doing what I need to do to get into position. So, look, I think uh, for people like me and Jay, what we were waiting on from Kevin Hart was something different. Yeah. Um, we, we've seen him at his funniest on stage. We've seen him be his funniest in film. Um, it kind of seemed like he was really just riding a plateau for a while. Uh, like, yo, I don't have to do more or less than what I'm doing to still be successful. But I wanted to see something that I thought was challenging. Yeah. And that's where the upside came in. Yeah. Um, if you've seen even a fucking uh, billboard for the upside, you can tell this isn't your normal Kevin Hart role. Mm-hmm. Um, anything with Brian Cranston in there is probably I mean not, he's had some very versatile roles himself uh, but if you see a I guess comedic drama starring Brian Cranston you can believe Kevin Harding about to be in that bitch shucking and jiving or at right. least you can hope uh, that this might be a role that's taken a little bit more seriously and I mean first take after I left the film Kevin Hart killed it bro he killed that shit dog. listen man uh, I can't even lie to you I love this fucking movie that shit was great I felt great that entire film dog it was his character was almost like a likable antagonist i guess um you would say well it was really even difficult to define or figure out who exactly the antagonist in the movie was supposed to be because everybody was likable but everybody had some asshole in them yeah i mean everybody was human yeah everybody was fucking human man and kevin hart was relatable uh and going into it i had my reservations oh here we go with the black man needing a white man to save him type shit wasn't the case. This was not that film. Yeah, and I was wondering like how this was gonna play out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because you know it is. You know, sometimes you do got those. First off, this is a movie. Facts. There's only seven story plots. Yeah. I forget who was uh, I would think it was Jazzfly. Um, was explaining like there Shut are up, Jazzfly. They literally are only seven. Yeah. And everything that you watch on television or movie. Are, is one of these seven story plots. Yeah. Like, that's it. We got to tag her on our Kelly shit. Yeah. Because Jazz be writing and she plugged. We're going to get into it. But anyway, yeah. anyway. So it's like sometimes some of the themes are familiar themes because, I mean, how many damn stories is it? I enjoyed this joint. It started, and he ain't get a haircut the whole time. Yeah, no, that <laughs> nigga was in there really on his grizzly. So, uh, where was I? Was trying to figure it out during the movie, but I couldn't quite tell where did it take place. New York. It was New York. All right, because it was it was some moments that felt New York, some felt Philly, some felt kind of. I mean, it really could have been any big major. Yeah, like, they didn't. City. They didn't specifically say it, but it was New York. New York. All right. So Kevin Hart. Matter of uh, fact, I think the police car said NYPD. Said New York. Got you. So Kevin Hart plays uh, his character's name is what Dell in the movie. Kevin Hart plays Dell. Uh, he is a recent parolee, um, and the movie basically starts out with him visiting his PO and her telling him, "Nigga, you need to go find a job." Um, no, I start off him. Well, well, it starts off him in a Ferrari with the with the start I mean, off. in the Porsche. Yeah, uh, the the very beginning starts off with him in the uh, was it the Porsche? I thought it was the Ferrari or the Lambo or some shit like that. Like I think it was the Porsche. He he in the foreign. He whipping uh, and he whipping whipping like yeah. so he pulling through downtown New York. He hitting streets and in the passenger side, you know, it was the, the when the movie very very first started. Yeah, the first scene. 
he was scruffy mm-hmm. in the uh, in the Porsche, mm-hmm. like at a red light or something like mm-hmm. that, and it just looked serious. Mm-hmm. Kevin Hart got a laugh on his face all the time, a yeah. smile. Like, yeah, he looked serious. This is the challenge that we was looking for. It just it just instantly I was in a different mood. Like okay. It didn't feel like the bullshit. Because yeah. that, that was my thing with Kevin Hart. I was tired of the bullshit. Because it's like, fam, I you proved it. You funny. You could do funny. You're silly. You can do silly. Can you do this, though, man? Like, it's one of them. I feel like this might be a real turning point in Kevin Hart's acting career. Because um, it's not like he was necessarily the greatest actor. Like, he ain't getting an Oscar from the shit. But he did this role that's so staunchly different from any role he's had. So you got another one coming up, too. I like that, man. Keep that shit going, bro. Because um, they say with all comedians, it's a dark side in them, man. And not right. that you need to necessarily explore that, but I feel like you can pull from that. I mean, and be to be perfectly honest, yeah. all this comedy is about his family. Yeah, and that's all some fucked up shit. Laugh at my pain was yeah. funny as hell. Yeah. It's painful. Yeah. Yeah. Having a drug addicted father, mm-hmm. having your mom go through all it, like all that stuff he been talking about. Yeah. Uh, marriages that don't work out, mm-hmm. skin, like no, this is painful stuff. Yeah. I'm making jokes about it, and I, then I caught laughing my pain. Mm-hmm. What now? Like no, listen to the titles. I feel like the most talented, or I guess yeah, I'm gonna stick to talent. The most talented comedians pull from the darkness that they've been through. They pull from their pain and all their traumatic experience man yeah. and you pull from your traumas and you allow that you don't necessarily need to put in your comedy to use your talents you can pull from it and allow you to go into a space like kevin hart went into in this movie because yeah. i'm sure his character in the movie is dealing with baby mama drama I'm sure kevin hart has dealt with some baby mama drama you know yeah. what i'm saying and when you can go into a tank like that and extract emotion from there and sort of put yourself into a character based on what you've been through it gives it a different life and that's what i think kind of back to the tiffany haddish thing a little bit i think what disappoints me about the characters and the role she's taken so far is that i sat or sat here and watched you on breakfast club during that first interview talking about your mom and the way you grew up and all that and was like damn near in tears because i'm like yo she gonna be something and she is something she big as shit right now. But when I see you taking on some of these goofy ass, coon ass roles. It's the contrast. Yeah. That, that will draw somebody in. Yeah. Well, you can be all right. When you on stage, mm-hmm. give me that crazy. Da, da, yeah. da, da. When I get you in the interview, yeah. turn that shit down. Yep. Let me get some realness. Yeah. Like I or be in a serious movie or whatever. Like yeah. that's what draws people in the contrast. I sit there and I laugh and I joke yeah. and I I'm smiling. Yeah. Smile. It's my thing. Hey. You know what I'm saying? But once everything turned off, you want to have a conversation yeah. with me. Boom, boom, boom. Hey, Monique been funny. But boy, that rolling Precious. Nah, I can't watch it. I've never seen Precious. I've seen every clip of Monique and Precious. I've never sat and watched the whole movie. But what I could tell you, she earned that motherfucking Oscar. Because mm. she pulled from a whole different tank of talent that's within her. You know what I'm And I guess that's my thing. Like, nigga, draw from... We all got banks of of talent and skill sets and things that we can pull from, and we don't. We sit up here and we limit ourselves, man. And I'm like, it's easy for Kevin Hart to go take on a silly ass role, yeah. But man, when they send you a script that says, "Yo, you're gonna be doing a pretty much a dramedy," I guess with Brian Cranston and and Nicole Kidman and Nicole Kidman. Like, like these, look at who these, you in this film with. Like these ain't. 
These ain't no joke. Anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I yeah. Think, no, I no, got, no, no. I got you off. Back, but uh, no, but we started. That's how we do. So it starts out. Uh, Kevin Hart in the Porsche sitting at the red light, and then he look over at his passenger and he say, "Yo, hold on, <laughs> you want bet, nigga?" And them niggas throw a bet down, and Kevin Hart takes off, and he whipping through the streets of downtown New York, and he flying in the Porsche. He boom, boom, running lights, doing everything. He's speeding past everybody. He speeds past a cop. Cop naturally throws the sirens on and starts a chase. So now we got, I'm sitting here in the movies trying to figure out, oh shit, like what exactly was this movie about? Because we got a high speed chase at the beginning, nigga. Yeah. Thirty seconds in, and uh, and y'all already know each other. Like what's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it was an interesting start to the movie. Um, and then he throws what another fifty dollar bet that he can lose yeah. him or some I think shit what like ended that. What ended up happening is they were stuck in traffic. Yeah. And he got tired of waiting at the light. Yeah. So he jumped a he bumped he jumped the ran the ran the light and he got flicked by the cops and then he was like, Better hundred dollars I lose him. Yeah. And he dipped off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um that's how And I'm, thought he lost him, thought he bent that corner and then realized he ain't been that corner far yeah. enough, nigga. And uh they pulled up on him, a whole bunch of boys and then we jump into the movie. They don't explain exactly what happened yeah. right there. Um, but uh, then we jump to the scene with him talking to his parolee uh, or his PO. And he's talking to the PO and she's like, yo, you ain't been looking for no job. And he like, man, why the fuck I'm going to look for a job I know I ain't going to get? Like, it's a waste of time. Da, 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 da. She like, fam, if you don't show that, if you don't get this shit signed... Three signatures. We you need three signatures tomorrow, fam. five o'clock. Yeah, and you're if, going to prison. If you don't get them, you going back <laughs> to jail. And that's if you ever been on parole at all. Um, this is what they make you do. Like when you come out, you might not get a job, but they're damn sure not going to help you if you're not trying to help yourself. Like that's just what it is. So uh, she told him three signatures. Get the fuck out there. So he went on a couple interviews just to get the signatures. Like the nigga was applying with no intention of really working. Yeah, I get it. You defeated. Some other shit they don't tell you when you get out of prison, nigga. This shit's going to be hard. Most of the people I know who came out of prison and did well for themselves after had to start their own shit because they couldn't get an opportunity. It's hard. Um, But they made light of it in the movie. Or not light of it, but they kind of lightened the mood of it. He went around. He was doing these interviews. He wasn't giving a fuck. He wasn't dressed. Nigga was just walking in. Hey, can you sign this paper and say I came? And then... uh, he was going to get his third, and it was for what he thought was a custodial job. Yeah. Uh, so what happened is he went there. He was in the right building. Yeah, but went to the wrong. Yeah. Because he walked up on my other man while he was trying he don't to, care about nothing. He ain't paying attention to shit. So your custodial job was supposed to be for the building. Yeah. But you walked in, and another guy was there for an interview with Brian Cranston's character, and you was like, oh, fuck it, I'm with him, too. And security let both y'all niggas upstairs. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> like, why y'all so dressed up for the janitor? Yeah, that nigga like, it's to be a janitor, nigga. Like, y'all niggas got on mad suits. And uh, he gets up there. It's mad people in Brian Cranston's uh, penthouse. And he don't get it yet. Like, Kevin Hart still really, it ain't connecting. What was uh, what was the job they were up there for? I forgot the word they used. Um, health auxiliary. Yeah, health auxiliary. So he heard that term uh, on his way up there. He didn't know what the fuck it meant. He's still thinking janitor. And he waits and waits and waits. And a he has some auxiliary. It was something. Yeah, something. Some auxiliary. And uh Kevin Hart had auxiliary. to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was supposed to go pick his son up. Um and the nigga was waiting on this job interview for so long. It had been like an hour, hour and a half. And he like, fam, I gotta go. 
Son this shit, man. So man niggas is in there interviewing. It ain't his turn yet. So that niggas, he got fed up. He got frustrated. He stood up, walked in the fucking room where they was holding the interviews. He bust in the door. And that nigga said, look, can y'all just sign this paper? I need to leave. They like, wait your turn, fam. So right here, I'm like, okay, what's finna happen on them? I always get tight when I see black people in a movie acting black. You know what I'm saying? And kind of showing our quote-unquote blackness. And, and I was like, oh, shit, this nigga finna go right back to jail. Nigga, what the fuck is you doing? Walked in there. He sparked something in Brian Cranston. So Brian Cranston's character is a, what, paraplegic? Quadriplegic. Quadriplegic. Um, so he has no movement anywhere below his neck. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all he got. So he needs in-home care. He needs a specialist. He needs someone qualified <laughs> to help him, and Kevin Hart is definitely not that. But yeah. what's also alluded to um, in this movie, um, Brian Can- Cranston character. What's his name? I'm gonna look it up right now because um, I don't want to keep saying that nigga whole name. I don't like his character. His whole um, we used to be. He's a really rich guy, and Nicole Kidman this is like his helper or whatever. Yeah, and he got sick, and. He got a DNR, but she did not obey the DNR. So he thinks he should be dead. He don't want to be here. He's like, this is a waste. Mm. Um, he's like, this is your fault or some shit. This is a waste. So he don't want to be there. So he not interested. He, he Everybody keep interviewing for this job. He not interested. He see Kevin come in there, and Kevin is hoeing him. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. like, dog, can you sign this for me? He was like, I'm going to sign this. Sign he's it. like, nigga. Slowly? I don't know. Use, <laughs> use your hands. He was like, I'm a quadriplegic. He was like, oh. Yo. Well, lady, could you sign this shit? Like, and he thinking, and I'm like, oh, I seen his eyes light up. Like, oh, this nigga think he Philip. Could. That's his Philip. name. Philip. Um, so off rip, that first scene where the two of them are, are shown uh, when he's looking for the job. They had great chemistry. Like, right there, I could tell, like, okay, this ain't going to be that bad yeah um they had great chemistry nicole kidman was like perfectly awkward uh in that initial scene and i was like yo i just i like the timing kevin hart was sort of i was just so happy that he ain't going there like like i ain't asked for this shit yeah you know what i'm saying yeah. i ain't wanted to be like please could you give me this job i really need it type shit yeah i don't like that savior story so i'm um, looking for his name they said the movie was cut from an original R rating to a PG-13. I wonder what they left on the floor that would have turned it R. Maybe when the girls was over. Could have, uh, yeah, could have I mean, been. They was something. cussing. Like, they yeah, were. they was cussing up Storm, even though I know uh, for an R rating, like, it's still a cap on how much yeah. you can curse and, like, what words you can use. Um, interesting, though. I'd like to see that DVD, see what got left on the floor. Because if it was some, uh, some titties or some ass, that nigga Anna's here for it. So... We'll re-review when we see some titties. <laughs> but uh, anyway, man, uh, Philip likes Dell's energy, man. He's different. Philip been sitting there all day listening to the same fucking person come in here. Um, and it was one of those try something different moments. So he told him, uh, like, yo, think about the job. Here's what the job would be. And he offered the job. Hey, yeah, he, he offered not. it straight to him. And then Kevin Hart didn't even know what the fuck. He was like, no, I don't know. Same for me. I just sign my shit. Just sign my paper. I ain't here for no job. He was like, "Well, I'm not gonna sign it." So if you if you on parole, yeah, and you need a, a signature for looking for a job and offer you a job, and you don't sign, like I'm not signing. I'm it. not signing it. So he told him, "Give it some thought. Come back tomorrow morning. You want the job? I'll yeah. sign it. You don't want the job? I'm not signing it, nigga. Like, but give it some thought. Come back tomorrow." So Kevin Hart's like, "Cool." 
He dips. He tries to go get his son. He obviously too late. So he goes straight over to his baby mom crib. How to get away with murder. Uh, yeah, shout out to Asia and Naomi King. Love her. How to get away with murder will be back on Thursday. By the way, I don't know if niggas care, but um, tapped out about two seasons ago. It, I, it's still my shit. I think it's Asia Naomi King that keeps me around, nigga. They still killing niggas every year. Everybody getting away with murder, nigga. And if you ain't getting away with murder, you getting murdered. Like that every year, somebody else in the crew die. Nigga squad going nigga blood in blood out, bro. <laughs> but uh, everybody dying in this bitch, man. But um, no. So Asia Naomi King plays his uh. His child's mother, Latrice, and he goes over to Latrice's crib. She up in the projects, and he go over there. She on his head. She like, nigga, where the fuck was you? You was supposed to pick. His son's name is Anthony in the movie. She's like, where the fuck was you? You was supposed to pick up Anthony. Like, I'm tired of you disappointing him. He was waiting on you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And uh, Kevin Hart like, let me talk to him. Let me talk to him. So he go in because it was his birthday. That was the shit. It was his birthday. Yo, fella, don't. I don't care what your relationship is with your baby mama. Don't miss your kid's birthday. Uh, Kevin Hart also stole a book. Yeah, so he stole like a first edition Huckleberry Finn. Huckleberry Finn, which I can imagine is probably worth like a billion fucking dollars. He stole that from Phillips. There was one penthouse piece. when he was over there. I, when we get to it, we'll get to it. But there was just one piece of this movie that really irritated me. Oh shit! Really? Uh, so he stole a copy of Huckleberry Finn, and he wants to give it to his son Anthony for his birthday. Um, again, it's worth a bunch of fucking money, I'm sure. Uh, and he stole it. And even that, I was kind of like, oh shit, he gonna get in trouble, dog. Like, I mean, like this, this was before I even talked to the guy. I'm in the yeah, waiting room. I'm just yeah. looking around like, nigga, I'm never going to be back here. Wandering around the fucking house. And I get it. Cause you probably thought you're never coming back to this yeah, bitch. Cause but, his son uh, is smart. Yeah. So he stole the book. He gave it to his son. Um, and his son wasn't feeling like my, my son. Son don't fuck with dad. Son ain't fucking with dad. Dad been shitty. Dad and been shitty. Mom don't fuck with dad. Yo, day project was rough. That motherfucking corner in that bitch was Had the bag hanging out the ceiling the with the water bag with it. the water leaking into the bucket on the nigga. I don't know. It's been a while since I lived like that. Yeah, it was tough watching this scene. Not tough, but like I'm like, dog. I don't want. I don't. I don't want to see the baby mama drama through the day like i didn't want to yeah. see this whole thing play out like that but i think they did it they did it well yeah i um asia naomi king they did her makeup real well too she looked tired Jeez. she looked fucking tired in this one and that, i mean shit that's a single mom in the projects trying to work and keep her son together and keep him in school i get it but she looked fucking tired shout out to whoever did her makeup but anyway kevin hart during that scene Realizing my baby mom hates me, my son hates me. I'm a terrible ass dad. <laughs> this nigga gave him the book and everything, and then took his coat off. Yeah, like thought he was finna chill. <laughs> and she said, "Nigga, what the fuck is you doing?" Like that nigga said, "Yo, I'm sitting down." Like what the fuck? She said, "No, nah, nigga, you gotta go. You gotta go." Um, and that nigga went. She kicked him the fuck out, and it was after that he had the realization that he needed to get his shit together. You can't turn down a job offer. Especially one that was paying you what this was gonna be paying him. Well, he ain't have an idea. Yet. He ain't have an idea, but he ain't had no idea about none of this shit. Still, I did the math on this goddamn job, by the way. And what you come up with? Uh, Ten thousand dollars a month. Yeah, that, yeah. That first, first, that first, that first check week yeah. check was twenty five hundred after taxes. Yeah, twenty six hundred or something after taxes. Uh, and that's so, and so you get paid. He was like, "This is how much I get paid a month." He was like, yeah. "No, no, per week, per week." 
Yeah. Uh, Plus, you live in there because yeah. it was round the clock. You know what I'm saying? 24 hour care. So you ain't. So you live in this dog ass penthouse. You getting ten bands a month. Um, after taxes. Um, and you a nigga from the projects in New York, in the film, yeah. and you a parolee. That's what the fuck your life just turned into. So again, this is a job he has to take. Now he didn't know when he went back that next morning to accept the position that it was gonna pay that much and all that, but. Hey, my living conditions are automatically upgraded in this bitch. Because he got kicked out of his apartment. Yeah, he got kicked out the apartment. And baby mom don't want you to stay there. So you really need a crib off top. Like, you ain't got nowhere to be, nigga, unless you're trying to hit the fucking uh, shelter or something. So he went back, accepted the job, and no clue what he was getting into physically. Yeah. Because taking care of a quadriplegic. Probably a little difficult. <laughs> Probably a little. He was in that bitch like a nigga. That nigga was struggling. <laughs> that catheter scene was funny as yeah. fuck, bro. So uh, even before then, you know, as soon as he got into, she showed him the crib and everything. Yeah, yeah. Because he was up the whole night because he didn't he didn't have nowhere to go. Yeah. As soon as he laid down, he went to sleep. Yeah. Uh, but that he, shit was funny. That nigga was snoring his ass. She had to get. He had like tell him what to do, kind of learn on yeah. the job or whatever. Like, all right, get him in a chair. Almost dropped him. Yeah, that was funny as fuck. He ain't know to strap him in. But off, she told him three strikes, nigga, yeah. and you out. Off rip, I knew that's why he hired him. Mm-hmm. Because you didn't want to be here no more. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then early into the into their relationship, he he, he figured out like... Yeah, so Philip, uh, the quadriplegic in the film, he, he says, what was his rule? Like, if... What do you say? Like, if No I, extreme, no extraordinary measures. Yeah, basically, if I'm about to die, don't take any extraordinary measures to revive me. So, so um, that's tough. Yeah. Like, like that's that's uh, that's real tough. Like, my mom is Jack that working. You shit. know what I'm saying? She yeah. had the DNR. Like, yeah. she don't, she didn't want no, ext- and like, we yeah. used to argue about this shit, like, and she always yeah. been do that way. Do not resuscitate. She yeah. always been that way. She was like, if God want me here, da-da, yeah. like, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. And we used to have these arguments all the time. Like, yeah. well, my, if modern medicine can do, she if was we can like, save you, let's save you. You know what I'm saying? So I understood the relationship between him and Nicole Kidman because yeah. she did not listen to the DNR. Mm-mm. Yeah, she didn't want to, because she was close to him. She ain't want to listen, but Kevin Hart don't give a fuck. This ain't really, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> He's like, oh, is that what? That's that's why? That's why? He's like, what does DNR mean? Like, do not resuscitate. Yeah. No extraordinary, no extraordinary measures. He was like, oh, so so that's why you hired me? Because you thought I was going to DNR you? Yeah. He was like, yeah, da, da. He was like, oh, I'll DNR you. Yeah. Like, nigga, you could die right now. Like, this shit is not. <laughs> um, nigga, when he was feeding the nigga the first yeah, time. <laughs> I heard that spoon hit that tooth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you ever tried to feed somebody. Yeah, like I done been there, man. You know, I didn't had to feed my pops. That's the, why when you feed the child, the spoon is rubber. Yeah, <laughs> so you yeah. don't be bashing that, that, that little clink. <laughs> now, what's funny about my pops uh, when he was in his car accident? A uh, couple things. Oh, this is literally yeah. This is damn near my life. Uh, my pops ain't. Fortunately, he's not quadriplegic, but. Uh, paralyzed so my pops was in a car accident when i was 14 uh back in october 18th 98 and uh he was in a coma three months he was paralyzed on his left side he had a traumatic brain injury and i remember after it had maybe been about two weeks of him being in a coma and they asked my mom if they wanted her to remove him from life support he hadn't moved he was vegetative Hmm. and uh they were like you know 
life support's literally the only thing keeping him alive. He's got nothing else going, so do you want to remove him? And she never told me what her, because I wouldn't go to the hospital with her, because I didn't know what she was going to do, and I didn't want to resent my mom. Uh, if she had decided to pull him and, you know, yeah. he passed. So she never told me what her intentions were. But what happened, she went to the hospital and her and the doctor were standing there and they were going over all the options and possibilities and blah, blah, blah. And my dad moved for this the first time. I'll tell you what happened. And uh, she was like. All right, we're gonna go go ahead with it. And she he was like, "No, the fuck you ain't." <laughs> and he so, woke he woke his ass up. So the doctor, or the was doctor like, said, yeah. "Like, all right, because you know I could just unplug yeah, I could pull shit. it right now." And He's we like, could, "Nigga, no, the fuck you ain't." So my my mom's version of that story was they were her and the doctor were conferring about what they were gonna do, and during that conversation, my dad's thumb kind of went up like a thumbs up, like, "No, I'm good. Don't." He was still <laughs> in a coma. Yeah, like, but here this is the first twitch we've had in two weeks. My dad's version was always a little more haunting to me. He was like, my dad told me the whole white light story. He was like, I was there. He was like, I saw your grand. So my pop's mother died that year and his grandmother died the year prior. Mm. Um, He was raised by his grandma. So he was like, I saw big mama and he was like, I was walking toward her behind her was this white light. He was like, you're being called like you don't have a control over it and you're just floating and he was like it was like the spike leaf float yeah like you're just going toward this light and he was like big mama's right there and i'm going toward her because it's a familiar face and he said he got to her and she told him it's not your time turn back around and he was like that was the moment where he heard whatever he heard that moved his thumb and it all, it's some powerful shit. Hmm. And he was like, she it's told too, him. It's too many of them stories, though. Dog. That he, happened exactly like that. So what fucked me up with that particularly, my dad, because of the traumatic brain injury in that accident, his memory was most affected. Like, fuck the physical shit. My dad couldn't remember shit. He only remembered when he first woke up, my mother's name and my name. He didn't remember that his grandmother died. He didn't remember that his mom died. He didn't remember shit. So for him to tell me, hey, this is what just happened. Every day for years, my dad would ask me to call my great-grandmother and my grandma, his mom, because he thought they were alive. He couldn't remember that shit. Yeah. But he could remember, hey, I saw Big Mama. She told me to turn around and wasn't my time. Mm. So I turned around, and I moved my thumb. And three months later, my dad finally woke up. And, uh, yeah, I was feeding him. It, it took a long time for him to get any movement. He can walk short distances and all that, long distances, somewhere like the mall or something. We got to get the wheelchair out or all that. But uh, his right side moves annoyingly fine. Like, that nigga's strong as shit on the right. Left side, it ain't paralyzed no more, but it's basically useless. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, he was, it was paralyzed throughout that whole time he was in a coma, so it wasn't moving. So he had no strength on that side. But... All that to say, I know exactly what it is to feed a motherfucking adult yeah. and hear that goddamn fork and that spoon clink mm-hmm. on their teeth. And if you know my daddy, that nigga don't stop talking. Mm-hmm. So trying to feed this nigga when he couldn't feed himself was fucking work. Kevin Hart, I felt your pain, man. <laughs> like, and then just, you know, definitely. My mom yeah. was in a wheelchair, couldn't you? Yeah. So, like, moving somebody from, from bed to chair from yeah, chair yeah. to yeah. to the restroom like dog that's a physically that shit is a job yeah that is a job physically man. Is, is very daunting okay? yeah man and uh it's something that it hit that it could be another reason why i did enjoy this movie because how how closely i related to a lot of this shit like yeah. the the care part of this because brian cranston's character philip 
mentally he was fine. There was nothing wrong. He was brilliant, apparently, um, and was a brilliant business mind and all that, had made billions of dollars. But that physical part of it was something Kevin Hart went. Kevin Hart wasn't used to taking care of two able-bodied people with his baby mom and his son. He asked him, like, you ain't never took care of nobody. Yeah. He like, no, myself. Yeah, that's it. He was a selfish mother. And that was kind of the thing. That was that's what his ex told him. Like you selfish. You're a you selfish look, motherfucker. You only look out for yourself. It's funny, um, you know, I get a lot of like I moved back to Detroit to help my parents, but specifically to help my mom with my dad. My dad's older. Um, even the mobility that he has, he done slowed down a little bit. Um his memory has gotten light years better, but it'll never be great. And as he gets older, the natural sort of memory regression starts to take place. So you got that combating the fucking fact that he was already having trouble with certain shit. So it was just, it was easier for me to be back in Detroit than it was uh, to try to help out from Atlanta. So the selfish part of that, when Kevin Hart's baby mom called him selfish in a movie, um, I felt that because I had to be really selfless to move back and do some of the shit that I'm uh, that I'm doing, and if you knew me in Atlanta, I was a motherfucking hood rat living my hood rat ass life, living like a damn you know twenty something and early thirty something, and then moving back here was a drastic change that I hadn't really I hadn't dealt with most of that stuff on a regular basis since I left to go to college. So yeah. it had been like 14, 15 years for me, and uh, it was a lot. It was a lot, man, and. So I kind of I understand the selflessness that uh, that Dell's character or Kevin Hart's character Dell had to go through because you got it's a transformation dog and watching it definitely it was funny but it was some good emotions in that shit too. Man. Kev said he had to go he actually spent time with um, in home therapy mm. just to get to sort of get that yeah, that feeling and I Brian Cranston went and spent time with uh, paraplegics and quadriplegics mm. just to. Because you want to get a real understanding of that yeah. type of character, man. And how that mental state is, mm-hmm. um, how they maneuver yeah. the whole nine yards. So. Yeah, man. Cleaning up after them, all, all that shit. It's it's just it's different, man. When you're trying to help, uh, whether they family or not, when you're trying to help a grown-up use the bathroom or take a shower or do yeah. any of that sort of shit, it's humbling, man. So it was a, you know, it was a couple of different themes that was on, in, you know, in this movie. I mean, so long story short... Now that he's um, he's he's in there, he got a strike. Yep, yep. Because um, Nicole Kidman's character wants him to fail. Yeah, like, I want she didn't want to wanna hire him because I know why you hired him. Yeah, yeah. I want you to fail. Yep. And um, but they start developing a relationship. Yeah. And um, you know they get closer. Yeah. Uh, they meet the asshole neighbor downstairs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And um. So now, like, they they start talking to each yeah. other. They start learning about each other's life and things yeah. of that nature. Asking, like, how like how this happened. Yeah. Um, I, me no thought I'd take it back. And so then one night, dude start choking. Mm-hmm. And he ain't no, you know, and Kev, you know, try to put the air max on yeah. him. And he wouldn't take it. He was like, nigga, yeah. uh, I'm going to mouth the mouth your ass if you don't. <laughs> 
<laughs> that shit was <laughs> that nigga said, I Bri- need this damn job. Brian Cranston's like, yeah, nigga, DNR, do not fucking touch me, bro. Like that's mm-hmm. just and Kevin Hart's like, fam, nigga, breathing is not extraordinary measures. Twenty five hundred a week, <laughs> you're gonna breathe through this motherfucking mask, bro. Then my man bust out laughing. And yeah, like, no, nah, when he told that nigga he was gonna mouth to mouth him, nigga, you had to laugh, dog. Tell me, you, you gonna hold your breath till you die? Get the fuck out of here, fam. Yeah. You gotta breathe this goddamn air. And I feel like that was actually like really the turning point in their relationship because yeah. then at that point I think uh, Philip realized that Dell cared about him. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't he almost kind of the same way that he knew Nicole Kidman's character cared about him so much and had his best interests at heart. Yeah, it became that at that moment. Like oh shit. Yep. And then uh, so he told him about the phantom pains essentially. Mm-hmm. Like even though your your limbs don't move, yeah, your body still yeah. Shit still hurt. And he explains like like he on fire. So mm-hmm. like you got some medicine for it. Like yeah, that shit don't work. So a nigga took him to the hood and got some weed. Yeah, and uh, that was a funny ass scene. Yeah, he <laughs> got then they got high and they went to like a little uh um a store for some some hot dogs and shit. Mm-hmm. And um, my man asked Kev like what my, what do he want? He's like nigga, ask him. Talk to him. <laughs> yeah, like he, Kev. I think where their relationship was really going, Kev humanized him. Facts. Because when you're in that position, the first thing people do is dehumanize you. They turn you into a thing. Oh, you're a quadriplegic. So why do you think that is? Cause I have a theory. Yeah. Because, like, it's like it's so taboo to yeah. talk about. You don't want to offend. Yeah. So, like, you go out your way to not even to not, not even look at you. Like you, you, you handle it with with kid gloves because. So, kind of a kind of different direction, uh, but connected. So, when someone has a baby, right? Yeah. And they bring the baby around me, I don't talk to babies like babies. Um, I don't do the baby. I talk to a baby like a fucking person. Like any other person, I would have a convo with. So we not doing the because baby baby talk and animal talk is the same. And I don't want to talk to my baby like I talk like to an a animal. fucking animal. You goddamn right. That's a good ass point. I don't talk to ba- I talk to babies like a person. Period. You're not a baby. You're a human. I'm gonna talk to you like I talk to every other human. With someone who has an injury or illness or something, you baby them. You baby them. You're trying to like mute. Any desensitivity by, oh, oh, how are you? Oh, or you're talking to people around them because you don't think they can think for themselves. Fam, I do, I've had these same convos with my dad. Like, my dad will cuss you the fuck out right now. He knows what's going on. I'm, you, hey, listen, you're going to get these jokes. Yeah. Yep. I don't know how, bars. I don't know how to not interact yeah. like that. So yep. even if it's something that, like, it's a very serious situation. Yeah. I'm going to say something lighthearted. I'm, gonna, I'm I'm still going to be as yeah. real, and, but I'm going to say something lighthearted because that's just how That's I, what it is. Like, I remember being in elementary school and, you know, niggas used to make fun of the LD kids and shit, yeah. kids with the learning disabilities. I would kick it with them like every other fan. I don't care. Like, you niggas is humans, all of you. Like, whether you're physically disabled, mentally disabled, whatever. And I think... A lot of that um, was kind of heightened when my dad did come back from uh, from his accident, and we were because his accident was out of state. Okay. So when we flew him back to Michigan, and he was first like he was in his little like uh, before he could come home, and he was up in Ann Arbor at this little like hospice care, or whatever the fuck, and he was doing rehab, and he was around a lot of people with 
mental disabilities, mm-hmm. physical disabilities. Some were not nearly as capable to do of the shit that he could do. And I was in these rooms and like my dad would talk about like, oh, he'd be like, let's just say Philip. Let's just throw that out there. My dad would be like, oh, man, I was talking to Philip earlier today. Da, 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 da. And it's a whole regular convo. He telling me about him and Philip. And then you would see Philip and realize Philip can barely talk. Words are barely coming. But my dad just told me a whole dialogue that they had because he's talking to Philip like a normal person. And I think that's where I really honed in on that. Nigga, they're still a person. They still alive. They still on this earth. I don't give a fuck what's wrong with them. Humanize them. Thanks. And uh, that was Kevin Hart's point in that scene. Like, yo, nigga, ask him what he want. Like, I'm not his babysitter. Like, I help him physically because he needs that. And I, 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 I did, I dog, man, let me get my, <laughs> <laughs> I dig that in the movie because it was very subtle, but it was a lesson yeah. real quick. Like next time you see somebody like, don't look that person in the eye and talk to him. Yeah. Same thing he did with his son. Mm. He was like, no, go around, look him in his eye and say goodbye to him. Yeah. Or whatever. So, you know, what's, uh, I don't know. In general, man, I just like. I like when people, because that's me, that's Kevin Hart really saying, I got your back. Like, fam, I'm not finna let, like, did you see the clip uh, of that the UCLA shit um, where he told boy to lift his chin up? Yeah. That shit was, I like that type of shit, man. Like, it, it's just stuff like that. Yo, like, yo, y'all are going to talk to that nigga. Look him in the eye and talk to him like a man. Lift your chin up, nigga. Move like a man. Like, dog, don't be... I I like that sort of shit, man. So that scene was actually pretty dope to me when them niggas got high. So look, man. Moving forward. They getting alone together, man. Yeah. You know, everything is... Shit is rocking. Shit is rocking. Uh, he got a couple strikes, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he even covered for him because uh, he, he, he uh, went to yeah, go... took the car. Took the car yeah. to go see his son. Yeah. And he was as... He, you ain't got to take the Porsche, though. He <laughs> like, found out about his wife. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. What's the dude named Philip? Phillips. Yeah, yep. he found out about Philip's wife, and he, she died of cancer and mm-hmm. everything like that. And like every year on his birthday, she would buy him like this rare book or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Oh shit, nigga, that's the book I took." Yeah. So as we getting closer and closer, I'm feeling bad. Like I got to get this book back. Got to get that Huckleberry Finn, bro. Yeah. So he matter of fact, he took the car to drop off the, his first check. To his baby mama. To his baby Gave her the whole $2,500. Yeah, because he, he 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 rocked the exact same outfit the whole movie mm-hmm. with some dad Nikes. Low key, I got on uh, that nigga's fit right now. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the dad Nikes, and he was like, hey, you think you can get that book back? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and she like, nigga, I'm not asking your son yeah. for his birthday gift back. Sorry, bro. Yeah, so on, um, I don't know why, or maybe it was, uh, it was his birthday, wasn't it? Dell's birthday or the son? It was Philip's, Philip's birthday. birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so he was like. Because he gave his son the book on his birthday. Yeah. But then Philip's birthday came up later. Yeah. And shit. yeah. So this is my issue. The only thing I didn't like. Oh, shit. All right, fam. You work here a couple weeks now. Yeah. It's a couple months now. Yeah. Uh, It's $10,000 a month, fam. Yeah. Uh. They don't need to be in the apartment after the first ten thousand. Yeah. Uh but they could have left after the first twenty five hundred. Facts. Um you could go buy another book of Huckleberry Finn. Yeah. It don't gotta be like that first edition. It'd be like, hey, son, I need that book back. Here's a brand new one. Yeah. Of Huckleberry yeah. Finn. Like yeah. it don't it don't got to be you can't have a book forever. Yeah. Cause he told him you couldn't have a book. He got mad, son blew up the spot, snitched yeah. on him. 
You know what I'm saying? I thought that was kind of weak from the sun. Yeah, I hated it because that nigga name was Anthony, and I'm like, <laughs> we, don't, we, don't, we don't snitch like that, bro. He, like, he went and told on him and yeah. shit. Like, I, then I thought that was going to be a big issue. Yeah, it didn't really pan out like I thought it would. Yeah, um, yeah I, I actually hadn't thought about that. Like, like Kevin Hart go, definitely could have just went and it's bought. It's more than one Huckleberry. You can buy that bitch anywhere. And you could have bought a another rare one. It, again, like you said, it might not have been first edition. It could have been a fucking second edition. Nigga, it could be paperback. Who gives a fuck? Like, yeah, it could have been new off Amazon. That's a fucking fact. <laughs> like, nigga. But I got 2500 Matter of fact, I'm about to Huckleberry Finn, put a hundo in that bitch, because you definitely ain't got $100, little nigga. Here you go, nigga. Like, enjoy your fucking birthday, bro. Like, um, hey, uh, I borrowed that book from... Um, yeah, his son was kind of weak for that. Yeah, I thought he was kind of weak for that. And I, thought, I don't know the history of how many times your dad did disappointed did, you. And that's and, a fact. And I've never... I ain't going to say my dad never disappointed me, but I never had the, we've talked in this podcast plenty of times, anybody listening knows my pops was locked up most of my childhood, so I never had a bunch of regular years with my dad, because he was locked up, and then he was out for two years before his accident, so I didn't really have a ton of years of, like, normal shit, but my pops was always around, Yeah, and my pops was still, I talked to that nigga every day when possible, uh, Wrote letters all the time, book reports. We visited every weekend when he wasn't in the hole. Like, so it was like I never knew that feeling of like my dad's never here. My dad's always on some bullshit. My dad, it was like, no, nah, my pops was just locked up, but he never let that be an excuse for not being a father. And yeah. I think that was kind of the the conflict with uh Dell and Anthony in the movie was that Dell hadn't been a father. You here, nigga, you literally on the block. You right here. And Dell hadn't been a father. Mm-hmm. Because he didn't have a father. Facts. I didn't know. Generational curses. Yeah. And this was a, it's a scene we left out mm, when they was right. on the um when they was on a subway or something. Yeah. Why was they on the subway again? Was this uh I think that was after he Cause like they got car. Like why was they ever why was they ever on the subway? Fuck. And I remember because he was looking out the window and yeah. all that shit. That's a random ass scene that don't really make sense and I think about it. Like, why were y'all on the subway? Damn, I can't remember why them niggas was on the subway. I can't fucking remember. There's no reason for y'all. Anyway. Niggas was just on the subway. <laughs> but he was explaining, like, my kid, my kid is really smart. Like, yeah. I seen, they when they did one of them pan shots, he was, like, writing in Japanese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, his son is really, really smart. Yeah. And um, and he was like, uh, I, no, I didn't have a father. Mm-hmm. Father was in prison, blah, blah, blah. Yep. And I want to do better for my son. Yeah. He's like, you know, my dad. I see. I saw my son. I mean, I saw my father um, when we was in lockup together. Mm. And like, you know what he told me? That was the last time he saw him. Yep, I he remember. He said, that. you know what he told me when he saw him? He said, "Welcome home." Wow. Like, what kind of stuff? What, wow. What kind of stuff is that to tell you? You in prison? Yeah. And you see your father, and he say, "Welcome home." Like, who would say that to their to their son? That shit is different. Um, Damn. So he was like, Philip was like, you know, you're smart. Mm-hmm. He was like, man, whatever, dog. Yeah. He was like, no, 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 in real life, like you smart, you're intelligent, yeah. and it seems as if that's the first time somebody, somebody ever told, told him that. that you actually smart, and he is. Yeah, like you didn't. His yeah, character wasn't no dummy. Yeah, like all. I'm not formally educated. Yeah, but deductive reason and logic and problem solving. Yeah, Clearly, I, I can do that. that. I got that because I've been solving problems since this this movie started. Yeah, facts. And um. One day they was doing like the um, bills or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And he was Brian Cranston's care. Well, Philip, he just giving money away. Out. He was like, "Hold yeah. on, fam, you just gonna give him ten thousand dollars like that?" Yeah. 
So he tried to write, he wrote down like <laughs> on a piece of paper, give Dale ten thousand dollars. <laughs> and uh he's like, No, no way. So essentially he just kept pitching him ideas. Mm-hmm. Pitching him ideas. Side note, this movie was in two thousand and ten. Is that when it was set? Like on one of them one of those checks had the year two thousand and ten. Twenty ten on there. Yeah. And the idea, the ideal idea he talked <laughs> about, you know that's a real app. Yeah. yeah. Like called Find My Dealer or something like that. Yeah. But anyway, he just kept pitching them real good ideas because I need to make, I need an idea so you can invest in my company or whatever. So he's an intelligent guy. He's he's making different pitches and stuff like that. So let um, me see, dude. I was trying to see uh, if I could find when the shit was. So they go set. through this whole uh, you know thing where where um like they just they vibing. I'm like, all right, bet. It's so it's too much good stuff going on in the movie. Like, where is the bad portion now? Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying. So he finds. I was wondering that same because it went like a smooth hour, hour twenty before some like real conflict happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know he peep, peep while they was opening letters. Nicole Kidman's character, I can't think of her name. Um, and uh, him, they kind of like he had a letter over to the side. Her name was Yvonne. Yeah, Yvonne. Yvonne. Yeah. Hit it like a blue letter over to the side or whatever, mm-hmm. and um, find out he been writing love letters and shit. Well, yeah. he always thought that they, it was something between them two. Yeah, yeah. And he, which I mean, I could see how you might yeah. think that shit. And he heard through the little intercom, their voices talking very suggestively. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. found out that you know he was uh, dictating letters to write to this one girl. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he got her geeked. He got him geeked up. Called a girl you know, the yeah. whole nine yards. And I'm like, I was, and I kind of, I'm like, slow down, fam. I felt where Kevin Hart was at, or where Dell was at, um, because you want to give him some joy and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, you've been fucking doing all this damn dictation, all that through the little thing, and having these letters written. Cool, but nigga. Let's go see her. Like, let's put y'all together. You know what I'm saying? Let's really link that up. Uh, so then. He was turning on a little bit too much, though. He, he OD'd. He OD'd. Um, and you could tell, old girl. He finally, I'm like, he finally doing something legal. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. And he's getting small victories. Mm-hmm. Like, he feeling good. Like, he probably yeah. never felt this good before. Fam, they went to the, the opera. Yeah, they was doing too much. Man. Yeah, that opera shit was funny. That opera shit was funny because Kevin Hart was fucking. I was dying laughing. Nigga, when that the... nigga stood up by the end of that bitch, <laughs> I was rolling, dog. I was in that bitch dying. Like, he's the bird man. <laughs> <laughs> I was in that bitch dying. Dog. Yeah, man. You ever been in an opera? So weird. I ain't gonna say like in weird. middle school, elementary, one of them. That's drinks. a different type of cultural experience, man. I've Operas actually and ballets almo- are weird. I almost went last year though. Oh shit! What you was going to? Um, it was something down at the music hall. Yeah, and um, I, I couldn't get the, I couldn't get, I couldn't get free, but I was yeah. gonna go down there because they gave away some tickets at the at the job. Oh no! Yeah, operas and ballets are different, man. But some beautiful shit. Like, and when you, I, I feel like I had that same experience Kevin Hart did. Uh. And by the end of it, nigga, you going through it, dog. But you got to sit there and you got to. It's it's an exercise in patience. I'm left and listen because I remember. I don't know if you remember back in the day, like on Channel 20, the Pavarotti commercials oh, yeah, used to yeah, come yeah. in on all the time. Yo, I'm glad you it's said like that. Channel 20 or 62, one of them joints. Yeah. But they they used to always and they come used on. to kill it. Yo, speaking of that, man, the fucking ode to Aretha Franklin in this film 
Wow. Wow, 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 wow. A lot um, of Aretha Franklin love. And they showed the Queen. Re- Yo, shout out. Rest in peace to the Queen. Matter of fact, we need to go back and open this episode with the Queen, man. It's already there. It, it's in there. Throw that in there. Yo. Um, do we do the... Do the uh, well, they already know what we oh, did. Oh, the opera joint, they know what we did before we yeah, know yeah, what yeah. we did. <laughs> is it uh, the opera joint or is it what I was? Throw some know. shit. I don't know. we going to figure that out, bro. But uh, they, yo, we gotta, it gotta be the opera boy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got, I guess it does. Yo, if you've seen the movie, man, um, they were again, they show Aretha Franklin a lot of love throughout the movie. But uh, <laughs> this nigga in the bath in the, in the fucking uh, shower. Dog. Oh, that shit was that, hilarious. Dog. Yeah, that first shower scene, yeah. pressing the buttons, Pause. I cried. Not that yeah, kind yeah, of shower yeah. scene, but yeah, <laughs> no, just Kevin Hart trying to work the shower. Like there was nothing else to that scene. That shit was hilarious, dog. This is a funny movie, man. It was really a funny movie. Fast forward through it because we jumping around. Uh, we'll get back into the Aretha Love in a minute, but rest in peace to the Queen. Um, Philip finally goes on the date with old girl. They go to lunch or whatever. Uh, and he been, you know, pining after her and all that shit and been having these love letters and I all that. I was so uneasy about this. Day. This whole scene was uneasy because I knew what was coming. That's where I feel like I was uneasy. I thought she was going to try to get with the nigga for the money. Mm. See, like, I, mm, I, she was eating a lot of food. She was eating a lot Come of food. Come on, wait a minute. Did we got another course coming. Like, it was just. So I feel like she went on the date for the money. So that was awkward because you could tell that. You could sense that. Um, ladies, real quick. All right. Because y'all know me. This your boy, Ant. Ant Wood, Trinidad Ant for the gram. Please stop taking dates with niggas because they got bread. Like, I just don't go. Like, don't let niggas feed you. Like, I just, I want to throw that public service announcement in there real quick. Um, in real life, like, um, like, I don't eat with a lot of people, dog. <laughs> I know that shit sound weird. <laughs> like, I don't share meals with a lot of people. Nigga, Jay say we don't break bread with snakes, nigga. Like, in real life. Like, yeah. I don't just be going out with random motherfuckers and shit. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't. My goal in life growing up, just because I saw a lot of it, Um, you know, growing up in Detroit, you are you see a lot of chicks who just go out with niggas because they got the bread. And it's the most obvious date that you could ever look at. Like, you can literally look at the man, look at the woman, and tell right there. You got on the Detroit fitting hat, yep. some Cardis, some yep. braids, and a chain yep. on. And y'all at motherfucking Eddie V's. And she got on a whole dress. with. The, mm-hmm. She looked like she going to prom. He looked like he headed to the river. It looked like Ace and old girl. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Dog, he be in his fucking River Rocks finest fit, man. He probably got the Abrex on. They go to Al Wizzy. You got on a gold chain, fam. On on top of your coat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and your coat is fucking buttoned to the collar, nigga. I just want your coat to not be zipped I, to the collar, I see bro. your belt. And your coat. Yeah, nigga. Uh, so I shouldn't see your belt and your coat. <laughs> niggas fam. really be wearing their belt on the outside of their coat. Nigga. Uh, like, when did belts become a thing? Why do niggas want you to see it so bad is my question. Like, I, I still don't. I've never spent money on a belt. Hey, man. I ain't like no hater. Belt. I done spent plenty of money on a belt. I got a lot of them in the closet. I probably I got some some bands sitting in my closet because I don't wear them no more. I wear the same belt from Target every day, nigga. Okay, Michael, I got some nice looking Target belts. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that's what I'm saying. Or like, some nice looking whatever I bought, wherever I bought. Oh, this is a. If uh, we get into the this is a Joseph A. I'm, Banks belt. Yeah. <laughs> 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 if it just be two for a dollar at Joseph A. Bank, nigga. Yo, I never. Don't tell me you ain't got no suit as long as Joseph A. Bank alive, nigga. Them niggas be giving away suits. But, uh, like, one time they really did say, 
like buy one get no it was like buy a polo get a suit free nigga <laughs> i'm not lying and the polos was like 30 bucks and they had it was the joseph a bank signature line suits and them niggas yo come by or no it was buy a dress shirt jay got on the signature line right now in this motherfucker <laughs> i just no. came for work nigga. no nah, it was a that's what it was it was buy a dress shirt get an entire suit free but hold <laughs> wow. up hold up but no this was the whole deal and this is what fucked me up buy the dress shirt 49 dollar dress shirt you got a suit, a tie, a pocket square, and a pair of shoes. Brown leather fucking Oxfords. All free. I swear. This was like 2011, nigga. It was around Thanksgiving. I remember the commercial. Because wow. I sat there in fucking shock. Them niggas said, buy the dress shirt, get this whole fit free. Wow. We putting you in a suit with every all the fucking... Nigga, everything. Get your trimmings. The only thing it didn't come with, ironically, was a fucking belt, nigga. <laughs> but uh, no, nah, man, so... I've wasted a lot of fucking bread on belts. Um, but anyway, we from Detroit, man. Niggas here be tricking. Fellas, it's tricking if you got it. I don't care, man. Stop letting these women fucking take advantage of the fact that you got a couple bre- dollars. Like, I get it. I, you might got access to some women you never felt like you had access to now that you got bread. Cool. Stop doing that shit. Y'all niggas is making us look bad. You looking stupid. She don't like you. Why was she so awkward in this This lady movie? was awkward as fuck in this movie, bro. This whole scene was awkward. And it was painful. And I started feeling bad for him. Yeah. As cause once it went from her awkwardness to You made me awkward with your awkwardness. Yeah. Now I'm ready to go. Now he ready to bust move. When she was like, Oh yeah, we got another course coming. Like the fucking Did ninth you not course. About to keep eating? No, you not. Because <laughs> fan I am trying to hold a combo with you. He wanted to <laughs> Damn, this is fucked up though. He wanted to throw the finger up like, check please. Yeah, but, but, but he, he that could, nigga's a quadriplegic. You can't throw the finger die. up, nigga. So And then he he Listen, he man. tried to slide on her and, and dip out. Somebody spilled like hot coffee on his lap and yeah, shit. Yeah, because he was so he got real awkward. He was ready to go. He was upset. He could tell she was there for the wrong reasons. It was all about the bread. So he was upset and tried to leave. He's quadriplegic, so the way he moves his uh, wheelchair that he's in is with his chin. Yeah. Um, it's a little like joystick under his chin that he kind of controls it with and up until this point he's never had an issue going anywhere but right now in a haste sorry to make that little j turn uh, yeah <laughs> in the in, the, in between two two tables though. yeah man he was oh, trying to wow i forgot so um dale took him there right yeah, yeah. but dale had made this wild ass painting <sighs> and sold it to the asshole downstairs yeah well um, Philip sold it to him for fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, and he gave Dale a check for fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, for seed money for his for for a business or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so Dale had dipped because she was like, "Hey, oh, oh, you can leave, fam. Uh, I'll take him home." Yeah, I um thought that was weird that you would leave him because you brought this man on this date that you know might not go well. Don't go. Don't go too far, and he can't get nowhere. Like. It ain't like he, but finna, she did. But like, nigga, she googled you, fam. Yeah, dog. She knew who the fuck you was. Yeah. Like you're a rich dude, man. And and she, she was taking was, full advantage. All the signs of she was feeding him, and yeah. you know, and. yeah. Um. So anyway, that nigga Philip tried to get the fuck out of Dodge. Them turns don't quite go as smoothly when you in a haste and you a little emotional. So he was bumping into mad tables and da da da. da. Then he tried. He finally got his his path. He thought he saw a straight shot out the motherfucking restaurant, and the nigga hit go. And he put the fucking wheelchair in sicko mode, nigga. And he bumped straight into a waiter with a whole pot of coffee. 
They spilled a coffee on his lap. And he was like, I can't He's feel like, anything. I can't feel anything. Everybody's over there trying to clean him off. They all And he just kept saying, I can't feel anything. Yeah. I can't feel that anything. That shit was so awkward, bro. That was some awkward shit. You got third degree burns on your leg. I know you can't feel it. Yeah, like- but they exist, nigga. Like skin is still skin. Yeah. Even if it's dead. Um so that was weird. And then shit, what was after that? So they make it back to the crib. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um Is this when they had the party? No, this is no, after had the, party. the party. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh after this, he gets mad at uh at, at Dale. Yeah. Is this when he fired him? He fired him. Yeah, fired his ass. He fired Dale. Yep. Um and he essentially just pushed everybody away. The lesson here, don't hook your homies up with no girl. Period. Mm-hmm. Just let your homie get at the girl on their own. They own recognizance. Yeah. Um what they didn't they they you know, after that he pushed everybody away, growing yeah. his beard out and shit like yeah. that. And you know, they go through the little yeah, that little montage, montage and shit, and, shit. Yeah. and uh, you can tell Dale. You know, he went got his parent. I mean, got his peoples out the hood. Yeah, he got bought, him a new house. Bought baby moms and Anthony a crib and yeah. shit, and took that fifty grand seed startup mm-hmm. money. And because um, earlier in the movie, he hooked uh, old boy uh, chair up. Yeah, made, yeah, yeah. He lifted it up, and made it go faster, yeah. and everything. So he started his own line, um, a company of yep. producing the chairs for the quadrupedic. Quadriplegic, yeah, yeah, and uh, and they showed him getting his stuff on. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like he was, that was in his bag. The he nigga found, had his, he finally found. You know what I'm saying? What thing, it was? Yeah, that was his niche and shit. Yeah, so um, he was like, "All right, you gotta do this so they can cup the hands." And you know what I'm saying? He doing this thing. He out here making some money. Yeah, and then folks come to him like, "Hey, feel it bad, man." Yeah, he pushed everybody away. He, you know, because he don't love nobody like that. He he actually really. Wholeheartedly fucked with Dell. Like yeah. that was his man. Dell and Nicole Kidman. Yeah, and he was depressed. Man. Yeah, because like, look, I got you over your wife essentially. Yeah, because you used to cry every night over your wife. I got you over her, and then you got your heart broke, and he shut everybody out. Yeah, so you went back there and basically told that nigga the man to fuck up. Huh? Yeah. So long story short, Dell comes back, try to get them together, um, juxtapose. Now you're at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. where he's taking Dell somewhere. They uh, lied to the police and oh yeah. So uh, go back to that beginning scene when them niggas get pulled over by the cops running through the streets in the Porsche. Um, Kevin Hart tells the police they first of all they pull Kevin Hart out. I didn't know what was gonna happen here either because they asked Kevin Hart get out the car. He was the driver obviously, and uh, <laughs> he gets out. They throw him on the hood. Shut the fuck up. You know what I'm saying? They ain't letting him get a word in. He trying to tell them, yo, I got this paraplegic or quadriplegic in the car. And I need to get him to the hospital. So he's having a seizure. Yeah, he finally, and he was lying. Yeah. He says, yo, he's having a seizure. So Philip fakes the seizure real quick. And he's telling him, like, look at the place, look at the place. So one officer takes a look at the place, and she's like, wait a minute, guys. So then they go check on Philip. He over there foaming out the mouth and shit. <laughs> he acting an ass, making it look real seizure-like. And he's like, fam, this is my boss. I'm trying to get him here. Do you know who the fuck this is? And they like, I right, will follow you to the hospital, nigga. So they get all the way to the hospital. The cops had went in, had the nurses get the fucking stretcher and the gurney ready and all that. Then peel the fuck out. Like, and nigga, we don't need no goddamn. <laughs> that, that shit was funny as fuck. Them nurses ran out there hard as hell. I was like, damn, the cops ain't stick around though. Yeah. But fuck it, it's a movie. Um, but they get their relationship back, man. This was kind of like the he took them out. Oh damn, we didn't miss part. Like he a quadriplegic because he was out there paragliding, parasailing, yep. and he had an accident. Yeah, the uh, 
the parachute yeah. when he was parasailing in the, got caught. In Thunder and Lightning, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, and that shit got caught on, what, tree, wire, all that shit. It got it was, caught. He was like, you're not supposed to. The weather was horrible. The wind took him into some shit, and the shit got caught up, and he didn't fall the way he was supposed to fall. Now, uh, Kevin Hart hooked him up to do this shit again, though. Yep. I, which was interesting. <laughs> I thought it was. I thought about that during the movie, too, by the way. <sighs> so my thoughts on that, like taking them, it was kind of like a conqueror fear thing. But nigga, this fear <laughs> literally ruined me from the neck down. <laughs> so, well, listen, fam, I can't get double injured. This is a fact. <laughs> but again, even though these bones, I can't feel shit. They can still break, <laughs> nigga. Like now, you got my body in a little miniature. Yeah, uh, now I'm in the fucking cast and shit. Little, no, he got them. He got them. What them little oh, cars? The little, uh, <laughs> Little go kart, little looking. soapbox cars, and yeah. Shit so they nice. put him in that and they hooked him up, and you could tell Kevin Hart had called ahead, yeah. said, "Hey, I got this guy. He's a quadriplegic. He's done this shit before. It fucked him up. We doing it again, man." And they I, made him do it though. They made him do it. Kevin I'm Hart like, is a funny what? little nigga, dog. Like nigga, you ain't about to have me out here like you. Shit, nah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> if I'm looking at the fucking the after picture, nigga, nah, nigga, I'm not getting my. And I've done, I've bungee jumped, I've skydived. I'm cool on that. I've always wanted to skydive, right? Okay. Um, and I don't even. I'm not a big fan of heights and no yeah. shit like that. Yeah. Or more roller coasters and yeah. no shit like that. It's not that like I need to look down. I look down. I don't care. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. It just don't feel good. I got but you. But I do want to do skydiving, bro. Until this movie, I was like, damn. So I did. Because uh, like, if I don't make it, like I want to die. Yeah. I don't want to be a quad. Yeah. My um. My Side note, I don't want to die. Take that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that nigga knocked on wood. I skydived when I turned 30. Well, the year I turned 30. Um, I'd bungee jumped already. I've been bungee jumping twice uh, prior to that. But the year I turned 30, I really wanted to skydive. So I jumped on the Groupon. Here's a fun story. Uh, skydive, got on the Groupon, um, did the shit I that summer. Play, I, need, I need to play full price. It was... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I'm gonna tell you why I did the Groupon too, because it wasn't it wasn't about a twenty or thirty dollar difference, but the Groupon came with a T-shirt, and I love a free T-shirt, nigga. So you include a T-shirt with my death. Put this T-shirt <laughs> in my cast, nigga, man. bro. I was so lit off that shirt, but uh, no, the the fucked up part about it. Uh, <laughs> said he had a free T-shirt, <laughs> nigga. That thirty dollar discount paid for my shirt, nigga. Fuck out of here. But no, so about three weeks before, so I have a friend in Atlanta, uh, shout out to my nigga Lance. My nigga used to skydive a lot. Like, that was his thing. He just, he thought it was fun. Black dude, thought it was cool. And about three weeks prior to me going, his skydive instructor died on his 10,000 jump. 10,000 jumps, nigga. And that nigga died. Would you? Bro, the fear that went through my body Three weeks out, nigga. And that's a long time to think about. Like, damn. Man, I was about to, uh, a couple years ago about to uh, leave my former job and take a job at Quicken. Cause okay. Was, it was hounding me. Yeah, yeah. Being in mortgage banking and yeah. all other stuff. Yeah. The day I was about to call them and tell them I accept, my homie that was working there got fired. I'm like, oh. like nope, can't do it. I think that's a sign. Hey, That's a and sign. you know what's kind of funny? I'm normally a sign ass nigga. Like, I be very much so with the shits when it comes to signs. Like anything that comes up that's remotely ironic, or did it look a sign? 
Yeah, like, like I'm that nigga. But when it came to that skydiving shit, I think it was the non-refundable part that really fucked me up. Because we talking about two hundred bucks. You know what I'm saying? Well, and, I mean, if it don't work out, fam, you're not getting your money back anyway. And that's a fact. <laughs> but I will get this T-shirt, and that's a known fact. So yeah, I heard a nigga say, uh, I think it was Andrew Schultz. It was like uh, the only reason that you got really good Yelp reviews on um, skydiving shit is because. <laughs> Anybody who didn't have a good time <laughs> can't write a bad review. <laughs> like, how could you? Hey, man. So, uh, no, nah, but shout out to me for surviving. That shit was fun. It w- So, the fear goes away when you're in that moment where you're floating. And it's kind of funny, well, not funny, but in the movie, Philip's character, the accident and all that, the shoot got caught when he was floating. He was having, it's the greatest moment of my life. This is riveting. Yeah. It's fucking. And you're floating and you think you're good. And then the shoot got caught and that nigga dropped and fell to his motherfucking quadriplegic. But anyway, um, he redoes it this time with Kevin Hart, man. And it was just, it was a good, feel-good-ass scene, bro. Yeah. It felt good. He got up there, conquered a fear. Kevin Hart conquered a fear because he wasn't trying to do that shit at all. Reconnecting him with Nicole Kidman. Yeah, reconnecting Devon. him with... Every, and the other caretakers, because it was a couple more in the house that uh, that they were real close with, too. Everybody was back and just kind of in a stride, man. This wasn't, it wasn't nothing bad in this movie. The movie, like, f- so. Like, it wasn't like, no, damn, that's fucked up type yeah, shit. No, nah, if you heard me and Jay said at the top of the podcast before we officially got going, uh, it was a feel-good movie, man. It felt good. You will laugh. Like real life laughs, like I was cracking the fuck up. I was legit, and it's it. not like it's not that it's a comedy, yeah. And like, but some it was of the an shit honest was just, movie. Some man. of the shit was just funny, yeah. I, and I'm gonna say this: I go out there on a limb. I ain't laughed this hard at a Kevin Hart movie in a long fucking time, nigga. And I was laughing my ass off at this shit. So, um, all that said, the movie felt good. It was the number one movie at the box office, made like 38 million over the weekend. Kevin Hart continues. To fucking pick the box office apart. This nigga's 35 million and up every movie, man. And so, look, man, this is what I wanted to say about Kev. And you were saying um, before we start talking oh, about yeah, the yeah. movie. Yeah. And um, like wanting to see something different from him. Yeah. I think you niggas didn't piss Kev off. I would agree. And so he said he's doing this. He's going to do something else funny right after this. But mm-hmm. then he's shooting a movie called Fatherhood mm. um, about a father um, who. His wife loses their child um, mm. on the op, on the, on the table, mm. um, and then he has to take care of the child by himself. But the the, the mother's parents and family want yeah. to take the child from him. You know what I'm saying? Because mm. whatever. So it's a really serious role. That's a real like it's even more whoop. serious than this. Yeah. And then he was like in 2021, he's coming back for another special, but he said he's doing it different this time. Mm. He said he want to do a different form of comedy. I don't even know what that means. He said he want to be that. He want to be the bad guy this time. Okay. So all the happy go lucky yeah. family shit, you didn't piss that nigga off. And I mean, and I think whatever that is, yeah. when he up there and he like lighting into you for a yeah. minute, I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm here for it. Yeah. Don't come back around and try to be a fan again. Yeah, when shit get lit. And here's the thing, man. Kevin Hart is well on his way to being a billionaire. Like, that's happening. Factual. That's fucking happening, dog. Like, this nigga's business acumen is crazy. His, um, I've always taken notice at when his films release. 
like this particular film, for instance, second weekend in January, this is not a widely released, like, or widely used release weekend. Yeah. Um, you won't see a ton of big ass films releasing. Probably the next big movie weekend will probably be around Valentine's Day or something like that next month. Um, when is uh Avengers? No, when is Captain Marvel? Yeah, I think February, February March, something. February March. February something. And then Avengers four gotta come. Drop. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's, but Kevin Hart he does that. Like he picks and chooses. The weekends to release. I'm not waiting till Avengers releases. I'm gonna do it on the weekends where ain't shit coming out. Yeah. And where I know that y'all niggas will be forced, if you wanna go see something, to go see the biggest fucking box office star next to The Rock. Here's a question Who is more popular at their peak? Kevin Hart or Will Smith? Will Smith. Will Smith. And I say that because Will Smith, honestly, really has never been unpopular. Will Smith just got popular again this year. Yeah, but it's like, was he unpopular or was he just quiet? Because it wasn't really shit going. He was unpopular. You think? Yeah. I don't really know, man. I don't know. But at their peak, though. But that last year, that Bright movie. Yeah. And them getting on YouTube. Yeah. And then dropping all these gems. Because, hey. It, it brought them back. We like Bright. Critics hated Bright. Oh, but Bright was fire. Bright was fucking. I, I want to see a sequel. I, by the way, they got one. They said that's coming. Oh, I read I'm that. Say, like, is out. Oh no, 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 <laughs> it ain't out. But they. Oh, and speaking of Will Smith, they started filming Bad Boys Three. Yeah, the other day. I don't know how I feel about it. I, you know, Eddie Murphy officially announced that it's going to be coming to America too. I know how I feel about that. I don't want it. I want it. I don't want it. Don't do that, dog. I don't want it. Eddie Murphy's involved. I don't want it. I love it. I don't want it. Did and you read the the plot? I haven't read the plot. Let me give you that. Hold up, I'm gonna give you these bars. Um, but I like the writers that's involved. The director, the same director, and all that. Who shit. you know, the writer from um, Blackish. Mm-hmm. Um, the director who just got finished directing the Dolomite movie that Eddie Murphy starred in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm anxious to see that. And uh, I mean, if the original people get together to do it, it's gonna be done right. I think so. Like Eddie Murphy is not about to put out. He's not about to ruin his classic movie. That's mm. not what Eddie does, though. That nigga did a Doctor Doolittle three. I don't. You know. I mean, do we think of Doctor yeah. Doolittle? We think about classic Eddie, though. I mean, we don't. Kids, my it was one that's more popular. All right, hold up. Let me see. Uh, do 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 do. Coming to America two will follow Akeem as he returns to Zamunda. I did hear that. Or as he returns from Zamunda to the United States to reconnect with his estranged son, the heir to the throne. Here's my issue with it. Why the fuck is son estranged? Why you got an estranged son in the U.S. and you've been in Zamunda? Fuck is going on? Old girl, probably didn't work out. Fuck that. Why he can't go back to the U.S. take care of his goddamn son? I don't know. I just didn't like the whole, like, I got to reconnect part. That I ain't dig that. I'm like, come on, man. You're a fucking king. Well, his father came to America to reconnect with him eh. in, the, in the first movie. He raised him, though. Well, see, I don't know how old the son will be. Yeah, because Eddie Murphy old as fuck. Eddie Murphy old as fuck. So his son could be 30. That's a fact. Like, his son could be Kevin Hart. That was the initial rumor that they were going to have Kevin Hart play the son. I don't know how true that is. Like, whatever, I remember he was going to be, allegedly he was going to be in the movie, but like, yeah. how old is his son? Uh, I don't know. I just right How now. How old is Eddie Murphy? Like sixty? Yeah, probably. Uh, I don't know because Eddie Murphy was one of the niggas that was fucking uber famous when he was eighteen. So 
let's see. Eddie Murphy age. Do do do. Eddie Murphy is fifty seven. Hey. Yeah, though, so. Damn, Nicole Murphy, fifty one. That's a bad motherfucker, boy. So um, by the time she looks like a cat, though. By the time this movie actually drops, he'll be sixty. Yeah, or fifty nine. Um, yeah, I don't know. They I could mean, do at it right. Sixty, you could be your son could be twenty five. He can be thirty. He can be. Yeah. Like, you never know how old he could be. Here's my thing, though, man. I'm very. I don't dislike sequels, but I feel like sequels have a window that. Of for my personal interests, like yo, if a movie comes out and it's dope and it's classic, and you want to drop a part two, give me that within a reasonable amount of time. Um, while I still care, I don't like when they wait a billion years. Now, granted, sometimes it works. Uh, first movie that comes to mind, um, The Best Man, that was far too long in between, and they're taking too long in this third part because that's still a thing. I think that's supposed to release like 2019 or 2020, some shit like that. I don't know. But I don't need these giant ass gaps. Like, coming to America, it's been 45 years, nigga. <laughs> like, My thing is this. Like, if it's entertaining, I'm going to watch it and enjoy it. Hey, if it's good, it's good. And I'm going to give you that. Like, if it's good, hey, I'll but come I on here and I'll eat my words. It already. Like, damn, nigga, can you watch till the trailer drop? So my other thing, and this is what, this ain't got shit to do with coming to America. This is just, in general, the era that we're in right now. Black films, white films, whatever the fuck. Well, I'll stick to black films because that's what we care about, cultural shit. I like original fucking movies, dog. Only original movies we've seen. Dope. Did you ever see Dope? Yeah, but that's not really original movie. Dope was original. It wasn't a part two of shit. Was well, like so. The thing is, like you go on these scavenger hunt type. Yeah, movie. Like yeah, that's yeah. a movie. We've oh yeah, seen no before. these these plots and these themes will never. You can't. It's all reinventing the wheel. Yeah. I don't like. So all right, you remember that stretch back in the late nineties, early two thousands, where it was. The Love Jones, Best Man, The Wood. We had, you know, the Minister Societies, the Boys to Men, or Boys to Men, Boys in the Hood, yeah. um, Higher Learnings, all these. Like, these were all, like, black films with fucking, it was, like, different. Like, when, when The Wood and The Best Man came out, that was within, like, a year of one another. Mm-hmm. Them two came out. Love Jones came out around that same time. Love and Basketball was around that same time. And it was just, like, dog. These are just good, new, black-ass movies. Now, again, I'm not mad at a part two, but I feel like, dog, with all the fucking brains and and black genius that resides in black Hollywood, y'all niggas only, and shit, all the genius that resides in fucking Eddie Murphy alone, y'all niggas just want to drop a coming to America on me 30 years later? Like, bro, I want to, and y'all, I, I like that they're bringing back the original cast. Um, I just read when I looked up uh, Eddie Murphy's age that John Amos hasn't been contacted yet. So y'all better get motherfucking McDowell's on the phone. Uh, how, dog, this nigga old as fuck. Yeah. Like, how old is this First nigga? of all, the fact that John Amos, James Earl Jones, and no, all these niggas are still alive. He old on the good times. Facts. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> like, fam. Facts, but y'all better call it a hey, uh, Kenya Bears fam. You was old thirty years ago. Matter of fact, I'm now I'm now and, I'm really mad. And thirty years ago, when I was watching Good Times, yeah, it was reruns. Yeah, <laughs> like it that wasn't running in real time. That nigga was uh, 
And what was my nigga in Roots? He was young. Uh, Kunta Kente out this motherfucker. No, that was a. No, that was. I mean, it was. So he was not young Kunta, but like oh. old, like on like hour nine of oh, Roots. Uh, reading Rainbow nigga. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that was young Kunta. John Amos was older Kunta. Nigga. Oh, where? I don't yeah. remember. No. Like I'm, I'm, when you get toward the end of Roots, shit. nigga. Nah, that's what I'm saying. It was like hour. You remember Shaka Zulu used to come on for a week? Bro. Shaka Zulu was the longest shit ever. I don't know what the fuck that was. Anyway. Long uh, story short, man. Coming to America 2. I just be right, man. We got a classic. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't like. So for like. Y'all better y'all better respect this nigga Eddie Murphy Jr.'s dog. Hey, bro. And hope and pray. I hope and pray. I get one more Eddie Murphy stand up. Yeah, I would love one. Even if it's not like a theater, like, I want to see some stand-up. Hey, if Eddie Murphy announced right now that he was going to do The Garden, nigga, one night on me, 100%. That nigga will fucking, dog. Them tickets is going for billions. Dallas nigga. Stadium. Oh, yeah, he could kill Cowboy Stadium easy right now. Um, Yeah, we off on mad tangents. But yeah. look, uh, shit, coming to America 2, coming out, Bad Boys 3, coming out. At some point in life. And Kevin Hart apparently got mad shit coming out on y'all niggas too. And he about to start shooting a lot of you haters the motherfucking middle finger. And we kind of like it. Uh, when it comes to the upside, that was a hard-ass movie, bro. It was good. It was good. It was original content. Um, It felt good. It was definitely a different type of role for Kevin Hart. He played a likable asshole. Uh, he was not overdoing the funny. His funniest shit was his natural behavior in the film. Um, the chemistry between him and Brian Cranston was dope. Nicole Kidman, her role was dope. She was awkward. She was smart. She was, I guess, understandably not a fan of Kevin Hart's character. She was just At dope, first. man. Yeah, initially. And then she realized that nigga wasn't, he ain't mean no harm. He was a good dude, man. And he was there to help the man that she had been helping for a significant part of her life. Uh, the Upside was a fucking good movie, man. It made 38 million last weekend. If you haven't seen it, it definitely gets the fucking Ant and Jay Johnson stamp of approval. Um, we thought the shit was dope. And if you go see it, let us know what you thought. Uh, if you've already seen it, reach out to us in the fucking comments. Um, on Facebook, on Instagram, follow us at This Week in Culture. Join the group. Follow the Instagram. Thank you to everybody that's listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with some more bullshit. We'll figure out what we're going to talk about. And, nigga, I'm Ant. That's Jay. We out.